Hello, everybody. This podcast is brought to you by Pine Photo and Video. Pine Photo and Video is Sonoma County's expert level commercial photography and video production company. Pine does not really specialize in memory-based art, more so the concept-based art to sell ideas, brands, products, you name it, stuff like that. Pine specializes in product photography, especially wine bottles, beer bottles, clothing, things like that. The Pine Photo and Video Studio is based out of Windsor, California, has a big roll-up door, so it can handle shooting tens to thousands of products at any given time. You can reach out to Pine via the website, which is pinephotovideo.com, or check them out on Instagram at Dan Quinones Photo Video. Talk soon. Later. Welcome to the show, everybody. This episode of the podcast, we have a guest, and her name is Debbie Bloomquist. Debbie Bloomquist is, well, she has many traits, and she's in many different industries. But but the topics of discussion that we're really looking forward to talking with Debbie about have to do with mountain biking. Debbie is the executive director of Remba, otherwise known as Redwood Empire Mountain Bike Alliance. She's on the board of directors for NorCal High School Cycling League. She's also on the board of directors for Friends of Trioni Annadale. She's the president of Friends of Boggs Mountain. and She's a volunteer at Canocti Regional Trails. She also sits on the advisory council for California Mountain Bike Coalition. So in a nutshell, we have a true expert when it comes to education, advocacy about multi-use trail systems in our area. And multi excuse me, and multi-use trail systems have to do with trails that are in state parks, regional parks, private land, but they're used by multiple types of people. So, for example, hikers, trail runners, horseback riders, mountain bikers, you know, when they don't have designated trails that only certain groups of people can use, you have to share them. So, Deb does a great job at educating and advocating for the most efficient ways to go about sharing the multi-use trail systems here in our area. It's a super interesting conversation. I'm sure that a lot of people out there love using the regional parks, state parks in our area. We have beautiful parks here. So there's lots of information and little tips and tricks and ins and outs of how to best use our multi-use trail systems here. I hope you guys enjoy it. Yeah, sounds good to me. All right. Let's do it. Okay. Welcome. Thank you. To the water dog and the buffalo sun. To the water dog and the buffalo sun. I do like that name. It's... Thank you. One of a kind. <laughs> One of a is kind. Is there a meaning behind it? There is. Uh, back in the day when we, when all of our grandparents and there was a bunch of people that went up to our hunting club that we're still a part of, we all had CBs. There was no phones. There was no texting. So you had, and walkie-talkies were kind of crap back then. So every vehicle had a CB in it and everybody had to have a call name. And... Daniel's was water dog and my grandfather's was buffalo. 
So the oh, Buffalo no side. How long have you guys known each other? His birth. Birth. Are you guys related? No. No way. That's yeah, cool. Yeah, just our families lived close to one another. Okay. His cousin was my next door neighbor growing up. And he's, him and his sister, he's two years older than me, and his sister's my age. Oh, okay. And then, mm-hmm. so we'd see each other time to time. That explains a lot. Mm-hmm. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Lake County. Oh, very nice. Mm-hmm. Who are you? I'm Debbie Bloomquist. Do you want to know more? <laughs> you want to know more? Yes. Start from humble beginnings. Humble beginnings. Yes. So my dad and mom met in high school. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fast forward. Fast forward. Fast forward to um, you. I am Debbie Bloomquist. I'm the executive director of the Redwood Empire Mountain Bike Alliance, which is a mountain bike advocacy and trail building organization across three counties. We're uniquely across three counties, which is kind of fun and challenging. And challenge is a, is a positive word as far as I'm concerned. Um, the areas we cover is Napa Lake and Sonoma counties, where we advocate for access for mountain bikers on trails, and we advocate to maintain trails and build new trails. Very nice. Mm-hmm. It, and also events, correct? Not just trails? It, events meaning? Like actu- uh, any, I guess, uh, like an Ironman style a race where it's an actual sign up and you're part of a race no, kind of deal? No, we leave that to um, the professionals like Bike Monkey and the NorCal High School Cycling League and okay. all the others. The, that's where their skills are. That's where their expertise is. We okay. support organizations like that um, by being volunteers and helping with trail work, but we don't put on events now. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So the whole, I remember back, oh, maybe 10 years ago now where Tamil Pius had wires across some of the trails where they were trying to stop bicyclists, I guess. Do, oh, we're going, you know we're going to go into that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there, there's actually, there, there has been sabotage on trails and depending mm-hmm. on where you're at and what the contention is among user groups, um, it's not always targeted towards mountain bikers, but we are kind of a big target for, for some of the people. And yeah, mm-hmm. some some people who come out and sabotage trails, they'll put wires across, they'll put logs in the middle of the trail. In one of the properties we're dealing with now, um, we're not certain exactly who's doing it, but they're moving giant boulders into the fastest portions of a trail, which are definitely geared towards mountain bikers. Um, gets kind of scary if you have a young kid who is, you know, yeah. coming, you know, they're downhill and they don't have the skill to see something ahead of them or, or they haven't been trained yet and they see that i mean it can cause major major harm yeah how is that so, not considered attempted manslaughter um i don't know the legalities behind it but yeah it depends on the land manager and there are so many different agencies some of them mm-hmm. if they if they are an enforcement agency then you can get arrested. If they're not an enforcement agency, they'll bring in enforcement if you can catch them. Um, one of the things for blocking that, off a trail and putting obstacles in a trail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because it's not only potentially causing harm. And and some people there have been mountain bikers, you know, across the United States who have been injured, who have been permanently put in wheelchairs. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm certain other I'm users. Sure there's plenty of stories of that. Yeah, there. If you look it up, there there's tons. It's it's actually quite scary that, that anybody would do that, yeah. no matter who they are. I would imagine so. Yeah. How'd you find your way into this? Now, this Not gets... this, but your position. <laughs> <laughs> well, interestingly enough, um, I've been a trail user for most of my life, whether you know I just didn't pay attention to them or 
you know, how they even got there. It never even crossed my mind, you know, like mm. numerous people. I just, I don't know, I guess there were just trail fairies who put trails in. So when I lived in um, Lake County, I still do actually, up on Cobb, in 2015, okay. uh, the Valley Fire came through and, um, mm-hmm. you know, giant fire burns our community. At the same time, it also took out over 90% of Boggs Mountain Demonstration State Forest, which is where... I did most of my riding. I do trail running and, and hiking. And after after the fire, they did timber harvesting. They were trying to salvage some of the, the logging and cleanup. And all that heavy equipment came in and annihilated over 22 miles of trail. Pretty much everything is gone. Mm-hmm. It was at that point where, you know, when I realized, oh, our trail system is gone. You know, my house was gone along with my entire community and most everyone I knew. And you just want to reach out and go, I I just want to go out onto my trail. I just want to go and get that release. I want to get rid of this stress and this, the craziness that happens after a positive way of overcoming this shit. Yeah. And it's your, it's your natural go-to anyway. I mean, just regular life. You want to go hit a trail, you know, you have Mm -hmm. a, rough day on the job or you know it's a saturday you know it's not necessarily just go out because i want to get rid of this it feels good to be out on trails yeah so that's your go-to that's your your everything that was mine and when i realized that we don't have a trail system i stood there and said you know who's going to put our trail system in like i'm looking around who's doing this Mm -hmm. and it turns out there's an organization, Friends of Boggs Mountain, which is a wonderful organization that's that's been around for decades, and they've been doing trail maintenance in Boggs and provide educational walks and all kinds of stuff, everything that an organization is supposed to do. So I reached out to them and ended up joining their board. And at the same time, the Middletown High School kids, this, I promise this all ties in together. Oh, Middletown yeah. High yeah, School kids. Take your time. <laughs> yeah, I'm right there with you. Middletown High School kids. Um, came to us, approached us, and they wanted to start a mountain bike team. And there were already teams with high schools in Lake County through the NorCal High School Cycling League, which is an awesome organization. Mm -hmm. And they came, they, they said, all we need at this point is a coach. And these are kids who have lost their homes. And they, you know... My ex-husband and myself said, yeah, yeah, there's nowhere to ride. There's no anything. And so we said, well, if they can do this, we can do it. So we helped develop the team. From there, I was introduced to the NorCal High School Cycling League. And to become a coach, you have to go to coaches summits and you learn mountain bike skills. You essentially learn how to teach mountain biking to kids, to to someone who's never. Yeah, it's a curriculum. It's a great program. So at these coaches summits, um, which we went to as we were required to, I met Nick Nesbitt, who is one of the co-founders of Remba. Mm. And mm-hmm. how many that, founders are there of Remba? Two founders, Jake Bayless and Nick Nesbitt. Cool. And so in talking with him, I learned that we actually have a mountain bike advocacy group and trail building group within our county. And so in talks with them, I said, hey, you know what, I'm you know, I'm trying to get our trails rebuilt in bogs. We're a small organization. What can I do? And he said, well, come to our board meeting. Let's talk. We all love bogs. And you know, that bogs is a huge property. By by 2000, you said this 15? Yes. By then, how many bogs races have there been? Oh, it's been decades of races. Cool. So the area, the mountain, the trails are already well established. People are it's easy for people to get behind. Yes, absolutely. It's a, it's a loved 
area. Bog is like a, not to get off track really, but it's there's like an annual race there. Multiple races. Multiple so the NorCal races. High School Cycling League, they held races there. Bike Monkey, yeah. they held the, the Boggs eight-hour race That's there. That's what I'm talking about. That oh. every yeah. year. So, yeah, so Bike Monkey was behind it, NorCal League, huh. and, and beyond. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, I've talked to people from Santa Cruz who have, who have, you know, since all of this has happened, who have said, yeah, I want to come up and help. I, you know, I love that place. And so, so anyways, sorry to get, again, that's okay. There, but that's okay. So put some context to <laughs> kind of, to a one syllable, cool sounding word, Boggs. Boggs. You never heard of Boggs. You don't know what the fuck Boggs yeah. is. It's Boggs so. Mountain Demonstration yeah. State Forest. Yeah. yeah. And it's different in their forest now. But, um, mm-hmm. so basically from that conversation with Nick, I went to the board meeting and said, this is what I've got. We, you know, we've established a relationship with Cal Fire who manages the forest. And, you know, I don't even know where to start. I'm not a trail builder. Can you help? We need to raise money. We need volunteers. And they all just said yes. And I loved everything that was going on at the board meeting. So I I came back and then ended up joining the board. And then I think it was within a year um, I ended up becoming the the chairwoman of the board and then was asked to become executive director which is the first executive director of the organization and I enthusiastically said yes and so we've been growing the organization ever since and that's how I got involved with Remba sweet excellent story silver linings out of a wildfire yeah (laughs) absolutely that is one huge one yeah Yeah, Yeah. it's hard to see when you're in the thick of something like that. Yes. I come come from a background of of being a bookkeeper from home. You know, I worked from home so I could be with my dogs and I didn't have to wear pants, Mm -hmm. you know. And so then I went from that and I still am doing some of that, but um, then stepped into mountain bike advocacy and trail building, which is exciting. Who doesn't love trails? Definitely. You do still do some bookkeeping then? I do. Cool. Yeah. Yes, executive director is not full time yet. So yeah, so yeah, cool. Just to yeah. keep the lights on. I love it. Yes, <laughs> we're right. trying. We're trying to pay. Our, we have a trail crew, a professional trail crew, and so they, it's critical that we keep them yeah. building new trail and maintaining. So we've got exciting projects that they're working on. The reason yeah. why I asked that was just because, like, looking down the trail for me, as a business owner, it's like, hmm, maybe I can do like three things, two things more than just photo and video production yeah but i could be more selective with it over time and then it's like you still keep some clients yes so yeah it's that's why you can be selective and it it kind of you know it keeps the board doing the same thing as cool as this seems you know what i mean it gets pretty redundant over time yes and it's like pretty there's some mindless work yeah i think that that's just goes with the territory no matter what you do Mm mm-hmm you know, there's always the, the parts that you love and then the parts that you just dread. And that's the, yeah. the long to do list that, mm-hmm. you know, stacks up. And yeah, if you're anything like me, it's that to do list. It's there's a bunch of little things and you wait and wait and wait and wait. And then you finally do them. And it took you 10 minutes. And you're like, why did I wait? So long yeah, to do all that. Of that? Just, <laughs> I could have done it you know, a long time yeah. ago and not worried about it right off the bat at midnight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Keeping you up with anxiety. Yeah, like, oh, oh, I, I still got to do, do that. that. Yeah. yeah, I still have to do that. Yep. Terrible. Oh. Yep. Do you, what, oh, go ahead. what projects are you working on right now? We are working on a reroute on Dan's Wild Ride. Dan's Wild Ride connects Moore Creek um, 
property over in Napa County to Mm -hmm. the PUC Forest, which are both organizations that we have partnered with. So we're working on that reroute. Um, When it was originally built, um, part of it was built on Las Las Posadas State Forest, which Mm -hmm. is it doesn't allow for recreation. So we're working with Cal Fire to remove it from that property. And so we have different agencies that we're working with. Um, in order to make that happen. So we're working with Napa Land Trust, who's been awesome, private property owners, Napa Open Space District, who is a great partner, and uh, PUC Demonstration Forest, um, Peter Lacourt. He's the forester up there and, and okay. a great partner also to work with. Right on. So that's one project that we're working on. Yeah. We're always working on um, Boggs Demonstration State Forest with Friends of Boggs Mountain, um, who is contracted with Kevin Smallman, who's a an awesome trail builder. So we're we're constantly working on that. We're also um, working with Napa Open Space District um, on a project in Susquehanna Headwaters Reserve property, which mm-hmm. is also over in Napa, and they have a trail system that they'd like to put in over there, which is cool. And we're working with Skyline Park Association to help them. Um, there's a swampy area on a trail that continues to get closed during the winter. And so we're going to okay. go in and help repair that so we can prevent that closure from happening and people can continue to ride throughout the winter. Very nice. And eventually, you know, be able to access all winter the Susquehanna Headwaters property. Yeah, so. a good old culvert. Yes. Do wonders. <laughs> yes. And then here in Sonoma, we're working with Sonoma County Regional Parks, who is also a great partner. Um, and they've, they're huge supporters of outdoor recreation. So we're actually uh, Shiloh Park. We're working mm-hmm. out there doing some flagging to build the backside of the park um, with some nice. trails. It's amazing. That park. It'll be awesome. It. Yeah. yeah, it'll be awesome. We're also working with state parks. So Trioni and Adele State Park. We're, we're working with them as much as possible to continue to maintain. Um, there wouldn't be any trail building there, but to, to help maintain the trails and, and do some projects to help with some erosion issues. Right on. So that's yeah. the advocacy part that we're working on. Yeah. And... <laughs> Ideally, you try and get this all done before winter. Well, these are things that are kind of spread out. So if we can dig through winter, we'll continue to dig through winter. If it's too wet, then there's, you know, we basically, and this kind of gets into, you know, where our trail builders are more the experts, but we look at the soil and whether it drains well and whether we can dig, whether we can hand dig or use equipment and continue to build or not. And if it makes sense to. Yeah, because you probably run across a lot of... uh red tape when it comes to the ecology side of things and being in forests and things and try not to disturb as much as you can yes so So. we do have we have um, big projects in the works in the future that are in CEQA studies and those environmental studies and we just kind of follow along with those with the agencies that are working on them Mm -hmm. and it really depends on the agency and if they're going to bring in an outside person to do those environmental studies or you know if they do it internally or what so yeah all right. Yeah, so, we come yeah, across that all the time. Yeah, you work hand in hand with them, kind of, yeah. kind of have to. Yes, absolutely. So, yeah, it's. Does it ever become uh, tiresome dealing with them? Does it ever kind of get in your way where you're just like, oh, come on, why'd you have to bring so, that up, or is so that really far, your issue? So far, no. I think okay. if if our organization had the responsibility to write those studies, I think it would become cumbersome and it would. Um, it would get old, but we actually don't have to deal with that. We, we don't, the, the agencies do that. So we can plan projects around that. And if they have a shovel ready project, we can come in and we can get going on it. And if they don't, then we can put it in basically the lineup and Mm -hmm. okay, this is when we'll be able to get to this one. Gotcha. Yeah. 
And do you use volunteers or do you have actual employees? Both. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so it's really cool when we have volunteer days, you know, especially if we're digging new trail and we can bring volunteers and they get super stoked about doing stuff like that. I mean, people love digging in the dirt. So (laughs) and if they can do it with the tractor also, they, we get a lot of people showing up. So, um, yeah, people, people actually love their trails. And so coming out and helping to maintain, you know, they, they want to see their trails healthy and, you know, they feel it when they're riding, you know, if, mm-hmm. if it's overgrown, I mean, you get scratched oh, yeah, up. You feel it immediately. Yeah. yeah. You get poison oak, you get, you know, whatever. Yeah. And so they There's love some consequence to it for sure. Yeah. We also get the kids out there. So we work with the Good. NorCal League and get kids out there so that they have, you know, kind of ownership over entitlement of their trail systems yeah. where they practice and or where they race. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So, yeah. Super cool. Yeah. As soon as you tell somebody, hey, come out and help build the thing that you use all the time, people are ready to dig most yeah at a moment's notice most are yeah (laughs) yeah we had um as the as one of the coaches in lake county um after losing boggs mountain demonstration state forest and we didn't have a place to practice there there was no place to race the norcal league was still supportive um six sigma uh, ranch and winery Mm -hmm. they actually donated their property and said come build your race course up here and it was it was essentially built by you know, kids in the league and coaches. We had kids come up from Oakland, from Salinas, from all over Northern California to come build that race course. And we did it primarily by hand. And so these kids, it was incredible because at first I was like, okay, I'm going to be babysitting a bunch of teenagers out in the field, you know, saying, come on, dig. I mean, I have my own teenager, you know, at the time I was like, I don't know. I don't know about this, but man, those kids got out there and they busted ass. I mean, they just got that whole trail system (laughs) built, like no problem. Very nice. They got to have lunch. They got to hang out with other kids in the league because they're all friends, even though they're competing against each other. Right. And it was amazing. And kids on our own team, when we were out, we, we called their property this back 40, which doesn't have trails on it at all, but we go exploring or would take the kids out riding just for something different and it was Mm -hmm. cool because this one time the kids stopped and they were like hold on hold on do you see that hill right there we could do a bench cut we could we could create a trail here we could do a traversing trail here and i was like not only are you guys actually digging you guys are paying attention yes that's exactly what you look for and so it was super exciting like they're enthusiastic about it you know and they they love it so yeah. That makes it even better. Current and future riders. Totally. Yeah. Lifetime cyclists right there. Yep. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's good to find hobbies or passions that way. Yes. That you could actually do for a lifetime. Yes, exactly. And cycling is one of those. Mm-hmm. Definitely. <laughs> for sure. It definitely can be. As long yeah. as you don't take too big a spill off something terrible. Don't do that. But <laughs> yeah. I leave that for the, you know, extreme riders. Yeah. I'm not an extreme rider. <laughs> Fair enough. What do you ride? Mountain bikes, road bikes, any kind of bike, really. What brand? Niner. Okay. Yep. Very nice. I do like my Niners. Did it, Were you always a Niner? No. I actually, it was my, my ex-husband built it for me. And, um, and I don't have anything against any brand of bike at all. It just, it was a great bike for what I, how I ride and what I use it for daily. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. So that was awesome. Very nice. Yeah. How many years of the travel is it roughly? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I told you I don't do the technical. I hand yeah. it over to the shop and say, here, 
<laughs> fix it. <laughs> fix it. Do and I don't this. jump. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Keep it keep old, it low. Yeah. Keep it low. Keep it nice. Rubber and, side down. Yeah. Nice and soft. Which I have not always done. But <laughs> no one's down. always done it. Yeah. That's the beauty of it. As a nice. matter of fact, the day of that fire, I was out on a training ride. I was, and it was a road training ride. And I was going to be gone for eight or nine hours. And I actually woke up on the side of the road that morning. I had crashed. And there were fire trucks and ambulance and CHP all around me. And went to the hospital. So I had a major concussion and broke my collarbone. So I The night up, of the fire. The, that morning of oh, the, the fire. Morning. That afternoon, on the way home from the emergency room, we look and there's this big plume of smoke and helicopters and airplanes. And I was like, that doesn't look good. And my husband Yeesh. at the time, like, we get home. I'm super drugged up, like, still trying to figure out where my bike is. And, you know, we get into the house and he gets on the roof and he's like, we got to go. And oh that God. was like, that was the very start of the Valley Fire. And it came up our hill and it was, it was gone. So, Holy so I'm really shit. cautious about crashing now. Yeah. <laughs> Do you still oh. live on the same property or? Not the same property, it? but the same mountain. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. Yep. There's damn fires around here. Yeah. They're all over. And you too know. Too much. It is. <laughs> it is. And you guys have had your fair share of them too. Mm-hmm. Let it come through, which is yeah, I just finished rebuilding my house. Lucky. Just moved in. So yeah. it's nice. finally done after 2017. Yeah. And then was it, it was just last year we lost our deer camp, our cabin there. Oh, you're kidding. It's a like, double whammy. It just one right out. Well, I guess not right after the other, but yeah. I mean, two it years span. Like it's it. every two years. It's a terrible one. Yeah. It in feels between, like it, though. Well, I guess, you know? I guess the year before that, Paradise. Yeah. Paradise was hit in 18. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So. Every year. Yeah, it's a trip. Maybe forestry will actually get out there and clean something up instead of just be prevent or. Uh, or they can. <laughs> what are they? Uh, they're being reactive at the yeah. moment, not proactive. Yeah. And part of their, I think part of their badge says uh, fire maintenance or something along those lines. Yes. So they're, or for well, part of the badge what? says forestry. Yeah. What happened? Is it? What do you think happened? Do you think it's like maybe neglect or? I don't even know if that's what you even want to delve into. I, I'm not a forester, so I don't know. And I, I really hesitate to try and decide, you know, if somebody's doing their job or not, only because I personally know foresters and I know, and I'm not going to speak for them, but I know their opinions and what they would have been doing had, had yeah, they had the opportunity deal. to. Yeah. And so, and I'm not speaking against any organization because I don't know yeah. their policies, but um, yeah, That's I do what think. what we're looking for. I just, yeah. yeah, I wondered if you had more clarity than to guys that don't work in the forest. But it's, it's it I seems, don't. Yeah, it's interesting though. I think it's, um, I, I think it's highly emotional because, yeah. um, you know, after you lose everything, you want to, you want to find something tangible to blame, no matter right. what it is. And some of that, some of that is legit. Like, yeah, I wish this would have happened instead, but it didn't. And so I think just because everything, everything is flipped upside down, including all of your emotions, you feel every emotion all at once, all the time. And you don't, you, it's just like you're spinning. <laughs> and so I think if there's anything you can grasp onto, um, it's something like that, that we tend to. And hmm. so we want to, we want to find a reason for it, you yeah. know? Yeah. So, That's just human nature. Right it there. is. It yeah. totally is. Yeah, like in, it seems like it always boils down to just somebody having an emotional 
decision yes. to say to to blame somebody for yes. sure, mm-hmm. and then also on the side of decision making where it's kind of an emotional decision to not disturb the forest, but yes. you kind of have to tend to the forest. Otherwise this is what happens. Yes. Yeah. So there's, there's a happy medium, a gray area that should be drawn, but yeah, who's it's hard to, to draw it. Who's it's to, a gray area. Yeah. I, yeah. I do think it's that too much emotion. Yeah. <laughs> I do think, um, you know, reactionary or not, there were steps that were, that are being made, um, Definitely. you know, to change that. Yeah, I think good. COVID is kind of, impacting that significantly at this point mm-hmm. um but i i did see in a lot of areas where they were increasing forestry jobs across different agencies across the united oh, states yeah. which was good and and i i haven't seen any change in that since covid happened or you know if that's decreased or, or what with all the budget cuts so i'm not really sure but i i do know that yeah. there was a lot of talk of that and so yeah. That's good that that support was yeah. was there, which makes a lot of sense, especially in this state, just for the surplus of money that sh- yes. it can go to those resources. So yes, why not? Yeah, it's obvious. It's an obvious problem across the whole state. So yes, exactly. <laughs> and so then it you, depends also like how each fire started, you know, and mm-hmm. of course all the fuels that are there. But you know, with our fire, ours was simply an accident which was such a huge relief for me because I was waiting for this to be an arson thing. And and I don't know if my ability to forgive would go that deep if somebody intentionally did it. So I actually feel bad for the people that this happened with. Um, Do you remember the reason? I do. There was um, faulty wiring Mm. on a hot tub. Somebody just simply didn't follow code and, and it sparked and, and you know, pile of dead leaves and boom it it exploded from there and just everything was perfect and you shout know, out to all the hack contractors out there exactly piece of shit yeah <laughs> there are some good ones though <laughs> don't forget. there hey, are some good ones i'm a contractor so <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. okay, good. <laughs> so I, when i see faulty work i just <laughs> yes there is a lot wrong, of that so. out there so i am in the process of very close to finishing my house we we were trying to do it, you know, ourselves nights and weekends, not being contractors was not a good idea. Oh, that'd um, take forever. And it's a, it's a custom home. It's 35 feet tall in the front. This you know, is so the same home that burnt in 15. No, this oh. is a different property. Okay. So where our home originally was, was on a, a cliff. And with all the pine trees that were there, the wind storms that would come in, you could sit on your deck and it was no problem. And after the fire, you know, we went to the property and stood and the wind that was coming up, there was nothing to block it. I mean, all the trees oh, are gone man. in our area. It's a moonscape. Yeah. And so it was just blowing like crazy. You could barely stand there. So there was no way we were going to have a deck out there, have that same view. And so um, we ended up buying a piece of property where we always wanted one, which was backed up to bogs. So my... Yeah. My property line is bogs. So that's always perfect setup for you. Exactly. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah. And you have a deck, I'm sure. There is one in front and there there will be one in the back. Yes. (laughs) There will be one in the back. I am a deck person. I love me some decks. (laughs) Dan, not so much. That's not (laughs) because I think it's. I took out a deck that was in our backyard that was over a perfectly good patio. Oh. So why put it over the patio? Yeah. If there's a patio there. I've gone back and forth, you know, in the backyard because that's the seating area. There's one 
grove of trees that's left. Like there's little pockets of trees and bogs, and one of them is right behind my house. Nice. So I can actually hear the wind through the trees, like we nice. used to, you know, before the fire. And yeah. So it's really cool. So so that I'm putting a lot of thought into, and what I can afford. But you know, you live on a hill. Yeah. Yes, you need something to level out your house. Yeah, my driveway is like backyard in a cul-de-sac with a perfectly fine pad, like cement pad. Yeah. I think you're missing out on your pad. I don't know. I might. I've gone back and forth of doing cement or a deck. I'm Mm -hmm. back and forth on it. So see, I have the opportunity to pour that nice concrete pad that I can just wash off all the time. I'd rather have a deck. Yeah. To be honest. Yeah, I like the I like the raised up feel. The yeah. the little bit of the air underneath you. It is more maintenance. It yeah. is more things to tend to. But I don't have a big garden. I don't have a lot of landscape. So yeah. I can There you go. If I if I do end up doing a a wood, if somebody was to do a wood, what's it gonna hurt to yeah. stain it? Do you do wood year? or do you use the That's I'm in the I'm in the process of figuring out if I want uh, the composite material, a hardwood, or just go with a traditional redwood. Yeah. The redwood's obviously cheaper than everything else. Uh, the hardwood is best of both worlds. doesn't have that heat factor that the composite does. Yes. Where the composite just soaks up the heat. And if you don't have any kind of shade, the thing turns into a hot surface, <laughs> like a hot pan. It's, it's terrible. but I did composite on my front mm. deck. And stepped out there barefoot a couple weeks ago, and I was like, "Melted oh, off the bottom of your so foot, didn't it?" <laughs> no wonder why my dog does this when he's at the front door. Oh, yeah. He's like goes around to the back door. Yeah. It's, it's hot. It's, it's yeah. It can be brutal. So uh, that's something I've been looking into. There's, they have composites. They have PVCs. They have. Uh, there was one other one that I thought I found, but yeah, it's. It's hard to pick. It is. And especially when you get up into the 4 or $5 a foot range where you're just like, well, isn't this kind of what this is with just kind of a better look? And, yeah. But. And who's going to see it? Mm-hmm. You know, like, are you going to have better, guests there? You know? They're better for the under the tree decks. Yeah. Is what I was, is what I'm leaning for composite wise where you put it it's always under shade it'll yeah. get the droppings on it and stuff but it'll never really degrade at least over a 30-year span yeah where i don't know i guess oh treated lumber there's you can actually get real lumber that's treated and it doesn't look like pressure treated yeah i was and gonna say would that be green or? no 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 or brown yeah no yeah. it's actually it looks like it's somewhat stained but it's actually treated to be a 30-year product. Do you have to stain it? or <laughs> no, no way. It's really? already ready to go. But yeah, I think I was yeah, yeah, I was told it was it was up in the four or five dollar a foot range, Oof. which is damn kind of steep. But yeah. It, you get but that natural you, you get the natural to, look, you, you get the wood feel. Yeah. Of course the the mm-hmm. my sale my point of sales at a lumber yard he wasn't he wasn't into selling it to me so i don't might have to go find another dealer for it to kind of get the scoop on it I, i'm really interested in it that's yeah. what i'm saying did he try and talk you out of it or was he just like yeah you should get this and yeah he's all if you're gonna go with wood just go redwood or this uh timber tech is like another brand for of a trex like product a mm-hmm. composite and he's like, oh i could get this for you for 
450 a foot kind of thing and he never really sent me i asked him to send me the prices of all the different things per foot and i only got one so <laughs> i don't think he was too interested in researching it for me he's like no thanks yeah might have to try a new salesman but yeah it is what it is or yeah. have you have you do you follow like the do-it-yourself sites or anything like that where you know, you can put out the question out there. There's a couple of them on Facebook that I'm on and I follow, and there's some pretty good information out there. And You know, I do that for fixing vehicles all the time. Yeah. Always looking at what people, what problems people have solved. Yeah. And I never thought of that until you just said it. And I was it's like, wow, great. that's a great idea. Yeah. There's <laughs> all kinds of stuff where I was like, why didn't I think of that? Why didn't yeah. anybody tell me about this? Yeah. It's, it's great. There's all kinds of stuff. Okay. There. Maybe I'll find somebody who's got it and yeah. likes it or something. I don't know. Yeah. I'll just put the something. question out there. Most everybody yeah. on those sites, it's not like some of the forums, you know, where you put a question. Like You get the professionals <laughs> on there. <laughs> I love mountain bikers, but their forums, good golly, you put a question on there and watch out. Like you better think about your question first. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah it's a crack up. But, um, but yeah, do it yourself sites there for, for homes or they're all friendly. I haven't seen, you know, it's awesome. Not that mm. mountain bikers aren't friendly. Don't yeah. misquote yeah. me. <laughs> mountain bikers they're a bunch are, of pricks. It's the best community ever. We have a bad reputation, no doubt, but. Mountain no bikers group. or road bikers? Mountain or, bikers. Oh. Cyclists overall, but. Mountain yeah, bikers. mountain bikers. Why we the have a bad bikers? reputation. Um, there's a misconception out there from, you know, just way back when. Um, that's really just. You know, if you're on a trail and you're going fast, um, ah. it, people don't like it. And it's not necessarily because they don't like mountain bikers. It's just something different. It's no different than mountain bikers not liking people going slow or it's user group issues. Mm. And so, so yeah, I mean, mountain bikers tend to go out and build trails or, you know, maybe they're unsanctioned trails or they kind of do what they want. And unlike other groups who also do the same thing we're held accountable as a user group as a whole hmm. where other user groups aren't and um so yeah we just have a bad reputation that's a we're, good way to put it yeah that's a really solid way to put it yeah, yeah one of your biggest uh clashes is probably with horseback riders is it not historically yes um and so this has actually been a really interesting topic for me and one that i i delved into right away um, so I think when the conversations happen, the people who are complaining are the ones who are taking the time to make those complaints, which I think with any situation is how it works. I mean, most people tend to want to go ahead and write a review of a product that they're unhappy with before they would think about writing a positive review. Mm -hmm. The same goes out on trails. So those who are complaining are those who are being heard. That's the perception of what's happening out on the trails. When you're actually out on trails, there there aren't that many clashes. There, it, the perception isn't out there. Talk to most I can of count the trail on one users. Hand. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty minimal. Talk to most trail users, and they'll say, "No, I've been riding I have for a ten years." Yeah, yeah. can't count on one hand. It, it's not out there, and land managers. Um, you know, I, I feel bad for their position because they do get all the complaints, and so their perception is there's a problem out there, but all they're hearing is the negative interactions. They're not hearing the positive ones. Nobody gets done with their trail ride and goes in and says, you know what? Nothing happened out there. It was great. Nobody stops in to say that. Nobody sends an email saying that, but there are thousands of of those compared to the few that, that maybe had a problem. 
Yeah. So, so yeah, I think it's a, it's a perception. I think, you know, even in, you know, depending on your area, most get along, most organizations have gotten together, you know, mountain bike organizations and equestrian organizations have gotten together and said, Hey, let's work together. We've never actually just taken this positive Avenue. Mm -hmm. And so that conversation is changing. Good. Yeah. Which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know just from the one time I went out to Annadale, uh, the, bike trail i guess the downhill part of the bike trail is a pretty obvious bike trail it's narrow it's it's steep it's windy what's uh what's a trail that stands out as a downhill trail but also a horse trail that so an obvious multi-use trail yeah well you'd have a problem all of the, the trails right. in Annadale mm-hmm. are multi-use trails with the exception of a few that, that are single-use. Actually, it might okay. even just be one that's single-use for hikers only. Uh, um, but there, there, I, don't, I don't think there's anything that's obvious to people. I think it's mostly about a communication issue amongst users. Okay. Um, not necessarily you should realize people are going to go fast, don't use it. I think it's more of a communication, and that happens on both sides, whether you're a mountain biker, hiker, runner, or an equestrian. Yeah. yeah. So we're all out there. We are all trying to gain whatever our own personal need is from that trail. And, you know, there's a sense of entitlement from any user who's out there for the most part that is like, this is my trail. We all get that sense of this is my trail. And you Mm -hmm. know, why, what are you doing out here? That's not what I do. I don't want you doing that. You know, why don't you just do what I do kind of perception. And so I think it's a communication issue as opposed to pay attention to this trail and realize people are going to go fast down it or people are going to go slow walking it. Mm -hmm. Something that's helped me a lot. I'm not very fast compared to like my friends that ride but I'm probably faster than an average rider, uh, than like the average rider of riders. Yeah. Um, fast enough to scare people, I guess is a way to say it. But mm-hmm. something that's really helped me is, well, when I lived in Santa Barbara, a bell was required on a bike. Mm-hmm. And so that was helpful then, but it's super annoying as a rider. So, hmm. Yes. So we did it. <laughs> It was a it was a rule. It was, we had to do it. Yeah. Otherwise, you get in trouble. Yeah. So we did it, and that was cool. And I tried to do it here, and that noise just yeah it was so bad. And so what I started doing um, to not use one. As soon as I see someone coming up the trail, I'm going down. I just yell, "Woo!" Yeah. Woo! It's the loudest. The Yeti scream you could mm-hmm. ever hear. Yeah. And generally speaking, it's like from here to that building over there, if if it's a long one. But that really helps. Yeah, yeah a good 40 yards. I can yeah. slow down, you know, probably 20% instead of 40%. Yeah. And I can, they're way off the trail. Okay, cool. Thank you. See ya. And then onward. Right. Adios. Yeah. So if you're not going to use the bells, the, the, the easy ones to use, like a bell... And I think it would just help the rider have more fun if they just communicated more. Yeah, communication is key from any user. It's like user. driving. It doesn't matter, yeah, any mm-hmm. user. Where where there's 
um, high usage, you know, in a place like Annadale, then, yeah. then we do say, hey, you know what, use a bell. Um, it does help and people are appreciative. Yes, the ones that are, that stay on and they constantly do. Oh, that's horrible. Um, it, yeah, those it's are... A cow, it's a mini cowbell like that big. Yeah. And you so, hang it off the back of your seat ugh. or somewhere. Yeah, so it's they're actually... Annoying. I don't even we, like dog tags jingling, <laughs> to be honest. We, we did look into it um, with Sonoma County Trails Council um, and we... You know, we have partnered with them on this and we found one of the best ones out there is Timberbell because you can turn it off. So if you don't need it, you know, if you're riding in bogs, you, you don't need a bell. It's it's there. There just aren't that many users yeah. all at once. Yeah. And so you don't need it. And so you don't want that constant dinging. But also if you are, you know, out in a place like Annadale and you're like, I don't want to hear this the entire time. But you do come across a group of people. You're coming up behind mm-hmm. them. You can turn it on. Um but also, you know, always announce yourself in case they don't they don't hear the bell. But that's a good one. You know, it's kind of an option. And then the thing that comes from this is you ride illegal trails. You ride trails with no hikers on them. You ride trails with no horses on them. That's what tends to happen. Yeah. Um, I think that's more. I, I think that's less about a user conflict than it is a lack of trails, um, especially in an area with high population and the, sure. the amount of trails yeah. being built aren't a com- they're not accommodating the population growth. You know, Sonoma County is one of those. We do need more trails. We need yeah. better trails in the county, but um, we also need more trails. I'd rather have more than better. Yeah, and and that is in the works. That yeah. is a constant conversation. That if is I happening. Had to choose, you know, yeah. If I was the one out there swinging picks and yeah, doing the work. Huge uh, one uh, one agency who's really on top of that, and there are, are a ton of trail projects in the works, and new trail can you know being built right now is yeah. Sonoma County Regional Parks. Cool. I mean, they're they're huge advocates of outdoor yeah. recreation and multi-use trails. Right. They're supportive well, of mountain bikers. They've licensed so, yeah. some art for me before. Yeah. Multiple times. Great me. agency. Yeah. They're a great partner. Um, yeah. And they, they, they it, see they that. They print it real big. And so yeah. I get to see it around town. It's like, ah, yeah. yeah. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's, <laughs> it's, an ace right now. it's such nice. a huge process to, to get through actually being able to dig. You know, there's environmental issues. There's also, you know, where they're trying to connect trails. So, I mean, the, the conversations that are in the works and in various stages are different ways to connect different properties and the, that is happening right now yeah. it's not you know we, just, we can't just go out and dig trails and totally. agencies yeah. can't do that but those are in the works those are conversations yeah. that happen daily Good to know. and there are numerous trail projects that are that are in various stages right now Good so so yeah that is you know that's that's a huge topic that yeah that we're on top of man what, what parks uh see there's mount hood there's Taylor. There's Sonoma. I know Sonoma County Trails Council is working in Foothill right now. Taylor Mountain. They just put one in. Um, we're working, you know, with Sonoma County Regional for Shiloh. Um, That'd be cool. Yeah, there there are a like lot of projects right in the there. works. Some that cool. aren't even ready to go out. But yeah, there there are tons of trails and pump tracks that are in various stages, like I said. So right it takes a lot of work to get there. But yeah, and bet. we're not the only organization doing it, but we'd mm-hmm. like to be on the forefront of it. So that's what we're trying to do. Yeah, yeah. definitely. <laughs> we're trying to get Just there. spearhead it all. Yeah. Be the organization that does it. So. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Man, those illegal trails though, it's that's a crazy it's a weird thing. It's it is. It it, like it does I, it poses love, a problem. Yeah. It does. Um 
you know, and, and we call them unsanctioned trails. Um, <laughs> unsanctioned trails, yeah. <laughs> it sounds friendlier. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we don't, as an organization, we, we don't, you know, promote going out and doing stuff on your own. We yeah. know it's frustrating, um, you know, and there are, you know, like I said, there are a lot of things that are happening. It's tough. Um, we we have one of too. our trail builders <laughs> is out in an area um, you know, he also works with another organization and he ran across this, um, kid who's 13 on a mountain bike who has tools and he's out building oh, jumps and busted dude, yeah. super busted, <laughs> but we're not, we're yeah. not enforcers. That's not what we do, yeah. but we do have the opportunity to educate. Honestly, that was me as a kid. This, yeah. well, right that's a lot of people. Right it's a lot of people. It's a good way to grow up. Honestly, I think. Yeah. Well, it is, it was cool. but you can do it legitimately. So yeah. after talking with this kid who just loves mountain biking, he's been working with the trail crew, you know, with Sonoma County Trails Council and there ourselves. And um, basically the kid's just been volunteering to legitimately learn how to build trails. There is a process to how, you know, to yeah. build sustainable trails. And, you know, that thought process on how to build and the, the yeah. you know, the proper way to have, you know, structural integrity in a trail there is it, it does take some expertise so so For going sure. out and just building trails you are causing some issues there's erosion yeah. issues because you're not you're thinking about where you want to ride a bike which is awesome and that's a great way to to look at where a trail is going to go in but you're also not paying attention to you know where's the watershed where is this going no, um, to erode any of that there's just some dumb how do you, get out there yeah, with a shovel. yeah and that's okay <laughs> i mean like you're out doing something i mean for me yeah. um i i know it's a problem for land managers and i do understand that and i i you know try and discourage any sort of you know unsanctioned trail building but i do understand the reason behind it but there is also a reason for why trails need to be built how they're they're built and that you know i say technology has changed significantly over the last 10 years you know and so i mean we, we go to conferences trails conferences where trail builders you know, across the state, like California Trails and Greenways Conference is a fantastic one. And mm-hmm. the, some of the top trail builders come in and, you know, we learn from them and, you know, we all kind of network and, you know, just have fun, drink and <laughs> talk trails. That's, and <laughs> that's a big part of it. It's a big part of it. Yes. <laughs> I'm sure some kids still go out and like want to build jumps and stuff. I'd like to think that when we were kids doing that, yeah. Hiding shovels and it's I'd like to think that if one we got caught slash if two the that if they presented or who the ambiguous they, <laughs> if whoever caught us introduced a proper way to do it. Yeah. I'd like to think that we would have taken up on it, at least a couple of us. Yeah. Yeah. So so back in interest in it. Back in my time and, and your time, which is you know, the big difference. Yeah. Um, yeah, there wasn't anything like that. However, now there are programs yeah. like that. NorCal High School Cycling mm-hmm. League, again, cool. wonderful organization. You know, I, I sit on that board. Um, I, I just love everything that they're doing. So they don't just put on races. They don't just, you know, hey, get out, ride your mountain bike and race. They have camps where you you learn different skills. You learn every aspect about your bike. They know more about bikes than I do. Um, you know, the kids do. But they also hold camps. They have a, a trail building camp, which I think is one or two weeks um, every summer. And they do it with Sierra Buttes Trail Stewardship, you know, cool. up in Super legit. up near Quincy. Like it's awesome. The kids get on their mm-hmm. bikes. They ride to trail work. They ride back. They're digging. 
they're it's working. It's a good way to get out energy right yeah, there. Yeah, they get college credits for it. And they if they do it all four years, you get a certificate. So not only is there that program, so organizations like Remba, we partner with NorCal League and we have youth programs. So you have youth days where kids come out and they, they build trail. And what our ultimate goal is, you know, with Remba is we, we want to take kids who have been in the league and maybe, you know, there's a kid who doesn't necessarily want to go to college or is uncertain and they want to, they just want to dig and build trail. Well, you know what, we'll help you with that. We'll train, you know, mm-hmm. you with that. Those are our future trail builders. So teach, yeah, teach them how to do it right now. And they love it. You know, like I said, they'll come out and they'll do trail work and they, they totally dig it. They take ownership of their trails. And mm-hmm. so it's awesome. That's how I started nice. doing this photo video thing. It was, I was got my first camera and worked with my aunt for a little bit doing um, like senior portraits, assisting on weddings, engagement sessions, all that stuff. I was probably 16, 17 at the time. Oh, wow. And then, um, no, before that, 15, because I couldn't drive. Um, and then, so we just go up to Foothill and build our jump and then go up to Shiloh, build our jump. And I would take photos of all of us hitting the jump. I wouldn't do the big stuff. So yeah. I would take the pictures of my friends doing the big stuff. It, Kevin and Joe and all those guys. And yeah, it was just a good, this, this is, here I am now. That's pretty awesome. I, I think action shots, you know, people on bikes or you know like my kid running that's what got me into photography and i'm nothing like you guys but <laughs> i think my my camera was fancy until seeing your stuff and i'm like i don't have a fancy camera <laughs> yeah, there's levels there are definitely levels, levels. <laughs> I was like i thought it was up here i was like i'm not really quite <laughs> close <laughs> but it is fun as long as you know your gear just like biking and yeah. yourself as long as you know your limits you can push them. Yes. And when you push them, you do cool shit. Yes. Not yeah. that. You do shit that feels good. So. Yeah, it took me back for a second when those, when the little cameras, the when the first <laughs> little like Sony cameras with little yes. retractable lenses came yeah. out. And <laughs> You're like, I'm zooming. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Yeah. Tommy? Uh, nope, I'm good, thanks. But that whole era of cameras, yep. that was right around the time of little camcorders and shit <laughs> and now it can all be done on one camera. Yeah. That's that really nice. And crazy too, by the it's way. nuts. Yeah. It's just nuts. I don't understand it at all. I it's was going to say, do you do any of that with him or? Nope. So how did you guys start this stuff? Um, your podcast. It was a passion. It was kind of a, something I was into. I, I liked listening to it and, and then thought just, you know what? We, hold conversations all the time we could talk to people it's it just you need a place to do it and the equipment to do it with and and luckily he's in media so he knows this stuff way better than i do yeah and it just kind of stemmed from there where we started out we have a few unpublished recordings that came off of phone microphones kind of deal. And then, <laughs> and then must be great. <laughs> oh God. In a garage too. Nonetheless. Yeah. The topics were good though. The feel, the flow was good. Mm-hmm. Did you bring people yes. in or are those your conversations? They were just friends. Okay. Just, it was us. It was probably, it was no less than three people at a time. Yeah. Uh, that's that how we kind of rolled. Yeah. At, the house before it burned down kind of deal. Yeah. So solving all the world's problems over yeah. there. Yeah. Or at least <laughs> discussing them. Yeah. About them anyway. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, you do feel like you're solving them. Like if, if everyone would just listen to my ideas, it would all be fine. <laughs> <laughs> or at least I, I am a firm believer if there was somebody to, to hug the gray area. Nobody, decision makers don't live in the gray area ever. I like that you use the word hug. Yeah. Because <laughs> I feel like hugs solve everything. Yeah. It's Tommy's great. a hugger. Yeah. I like <laughs> hugs. I like I hugs. Like, I'm hugging Yeah. <laughs> but it's if there was a medium ground of people saw the resolution, instead of saying, oh, that person, if you give that person an inch, they're going to take a mile. And then they turn around and say the same thing. And yeah. then you get you get two different sides. And then you get the red and the blue and your side yeah. and my side. Oh, God, just stop I agree. it. I, I think... I think we're conditioned to be that way, though. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're conditioned. We're, you know, think about when you're a kid and all the cartoons that you watch and everything that you have. There's a bad guy and a good guy. Mm-hmm. So our it's human nature that we want to choose sides. We keep everything black and white. Yeah. And yeah. and it goes against everything that we've been taught our entire lives yeah. to step in that gray area and say, well, what if what if I'm not correct in this? Or, you know, do I does my opinion mean I'm right? It doesn't, but but that's what happens. People, you, you develop an opinion, you hold on to it, you feel like you're right. If anybody has a difference of opinion, they must be wrong, right? You yeah. know, and therefore you're the enemy. Wrong, right, yeah. wrong, wrong, right, wrong. And they're not opinions. <laughs> opinions should be adjustable based on the information that you receive if yeah. you are 100%. willing to receive that information. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. Yeah. There's. I have. Uh, what was it? Oh, something that popped up today in my head that I saw the news article of, say, the Redskins football team. Mm-hmm. Definitely outdated name. Definitely needs to be changed. My first knee-jerk reaction and my first opinion is, ah, who cares? Just leave it. It's just yeah. a name. But you kind of think about it, and you got, yeah, it's a little racist. Yeah. You should probably change it. <laughs> and, and, and again... <laughs> what are you going with that? But I was thinking about that the other day. So. Me and Stan were watching baseball anyway, and I was like... Thank God baseball's back. But That came on as a... Fuck, just leave it. It's a fucking problem. <laughs> because, and, and again, yeah. like, that's an issue that's not close to you. So it doesn't impact you. So it's really yeah. easy to step into, you know. Yeah. It, yeah. You know, we only have so much brain power throughout the day. Yeah. And every issue that pops up, it's easy to say, I'm yes or no on this issue. Rather than, well, I can't really do anything until I look into it. And I don't have the capacity to look into it. So therefore, I'm just going to leave it, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And yeah. so I think we just tend to do Let's that. Let's go and angle that big, thing. Yeah. Hey, Deb, angle yeah. that thing this way just a bit. There you go. That's yeah. right. Nice. Yeah. yeah, much better. Yeah. That's what For... all the men say. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Cheers to that one. Cheers to that. That's um, an icebreaker right there. Wait until I get into the next one. Oh, <laughs> Where man. is this recording going? <laughs> By the way, anything that I say, my opinions are my own and have no affiliation with any organization that I work with. <laughs> It's Same. all right. If <laughs> my boss will fire me, <laughs> just doing to be this clear. after hours. Anybody who doesn't like my opinion can kiss my ass. About that. <laughs> so you know, it's it's big, big issues and big discussions. You can't. Those are definitely the ones where you say, you know what, I got to look into it. It just. Well, it's that's what the way you I need feel. To do. That's. 
Yeah, I, I agree. And I yeah. think especially with politics, it's the same way. Um, I don't think you can take a stance on an issue unless you look into it and there, yeah. you know, how many issues are out there. And so Certainly. I tend to, if somebody is, you know, wants to bring up something you can tell because somebody will kind of just slide into a conversation with something that's mediocre, but you can tell which way they're leaning. Yeah. And they kind of look at you with that sideways glance <laughs> like, which way are you? Friend or foe, you know? <laughs> and for me, I. Right. Yeah, my standard <laughs> response is either, you know, I haven't looked into it. I, I don't know enough about it. I, I, I don't know what to say um, or I don't know. Or if it's with a group of people that I do know, I usually carry I carry candy dicks. <laughs> so, nice. And if I feel like you're just being a jerk, then I'll say, would you like some candy? You know? <laughs> nice. That's awesome. That's, That's a good move. Yeah. In a bag, because you always got to carry a bag of dicks. So. Yeah, a bag of dicks. And yeah. then for Christmas, you can put it in a box, and it's a box of dicks. Yes, yes. That's box awesome. of dicks. Or or you can just randomly and anonymously send them to people. I've seen that. Yes, and that's fantastic. Oh, I bet. <laughs> What's your favorite trail in Annadale to ride down? Are you, do, you ride, do you like climbing or descending? I actually like climbing. Yeah. Um, to climb. I don't know. I, I don't think I've ridden all the trails. I have not been on any of the unsanctioned trails. I have a, a relationship with state parks and, and I won't do that yeah. um, out of respect and integrity. Um, I would say probably North Burma is, yeah. is one of my favorites. Nice. Um, I think that's probably the one I smile the most on yeah. if, when I'm that's out there. It's a beautiful trail. Yeah. It always has been. Yeah. It's changed a lot. It's a pretty beautiful trail you've ridden that that's the one trail you rode down success that's the one trail <laughs> i took you on down. and i almost endoed on it yeah nice. he's riding ibis mojo that day we had some really? rental bikes out of uh the shop i was working at that nice. was the only way i was getting into this that bike was sick as fuck though the, that one frame that one ibis yeah. frame that was on that wall yeah at uh it was a mojo it wasn't an hd it was like one of the one of the last models of the mojo that would have been the one bike that I would have built and yeah. I would have rode. But sick as fuck. I didn't get it, so I just I never got into it. Ah, oh, you yeah. need to go on different trails. Yeah, the Annadale is, is wonderful and I love that property. It's beautiful. There are so many trails that are perfect for going out your first time, which you'll oh, yeah. go, Oh, I get it. You know? Yeah. Moore Creek Park, fantastic. The those trails out there are awesome. I'm sure if I found a secondhand bike that I liked, I'd probably that's the way I'd you got to do it, it if you're gonna jump into yeah, it. Yeah, because oh I, I can't. I got one for you. I can't. I can't see. <laughs> someone. I I can't find the. What do you want to call it? The uh, the purpose of buying a brand new mountain bike. I, yeah. The, at the you price tag that they in it that, yeah in it deep in it that is the way that's have, the way you do it just yeah. you know not to dog Walmart or anything don't go buy a Walmart bike well, no, go and not. buy a used bike that's I got, the way to do it I got a consultant yeah <laughs> and once you once you are you know you go out a few times then you know then eventually you'll say well I, I need this yeah. I definitely see the appeal yeah 100% yeah. and just I took one, one ride down a hill. Noticed how fast people were compared to a, a green, just yeah. green to the gills. It was a realization of, oh, they know the track. Yeah. They know the trail. They know what's where. For the most part, there's always... They know always, their bike. They know their bike, they know too. Not, they know their balance. the trail. They know their bike. Yeah. 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 And, well, isn't there a, a factor that you 
you have to know the trail at oh, least 80 percent because oh, yeah. yes absolutely that's why the more you know it the faster you go kind yes. of deal. driven raceway right racing go-karts yeah you know the track so mm-hmm. you know the lines you know inside line you know what happens right. if you yeah. miss that rock on the left you know what happens if you come up short on this jump mm-hmm. you know yeah right but you also look ahead. You know, that's probably one of the biggest yeah. pieces of advice I was ever getting was look given, down not trail. Getting, given. Yeah, look ahead. And that saves you so much because you can plan for it for the most part. And if you if you have never been on a trail, then, yeah, of course, you're going to be yeah. a little bit slower. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, looking ahead, I used to talk to myself. I, I ride solo um, most of the time. And I used to talk to myself when I learned that piece of advice was like, look ahead or you'll be dead. Looking you know? at the look front ahead, tire, you're, you're looking at your front wheel. Like, yeah, that's not how you, that's how your you instinct. That was my yeah. instinct forever. You know, I was, you know, I would see rocks and I'd just, you know, try and do this. And yeah. that wasn't very fun. And then no, learn to just roll over it, look ahead, pick your line as best you can and go and you have to bail, bail. I have no problem bailing. I have no problem walking my bike up something if I'm like, I don't think so. Yeah. You know, I am Climbing, not extreme. It helps you looking yeah. ahead. Fucking life in general is, I use that analogy all the time. I'm looking down the trail. I don't have time to worry about bullshit. Yeah. I'm looking down the trail and I say that all the time. That's, that's the awesome thing about yeah. mountain biking. And what I tell people is, you know, when you're on a bike, you're, you're trying to not endo you're trying yeah. to not fall over you're trying to look at the trail you're either no you know trying bullshit. to learn to clear just, something yeah. that's been a struggle or you know whatever there's so much stuff that you actually get to shut your mind off of everything and that's yeah. how i solve most of my problems in the middle of my work day if i've got something going on or i'm feeling whoa i'm way too overwhelmed go get on my bike and even as a matter of fact um the video that you and Alex are working on. Yeah. Um, the editing stuff. I went through and I did notes and I said, I'm, I'm missing something. Something's missing. I can't figure it out. I can't figure out what what it is that I that I feel like needs to happen. And it was going out on a ride that I was like, oh, I got it. Super simple. I yeah. see. And it was it was You're able easy. to revisit the project. And yeah. 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 So when you yeah. came in, you're like, you guys are working out in there? So no, that's like, that's how I can do it here. Yeah. Hop on those rings for a second. Yep. I bring the dog. I can go for a walk real quick. Come yeah, back. Step Sometimes away. it takes two laps. Fuck. I'm just. I just can't do it. Yeah. And then I do it. So, okay. And I sit there for hours, and I'm able to crank out super efficient work for yeah. a short amount of time, but more efficient than if I were working there for eight hours long, fucking around. Yeah. Yeah. Going checking my phone and calling people, texting. Yeah. Shopping. Yeah, well, that's because we, you know, we tend to think like, well, if I just keep pushing, just keep pushing, I'll get through it, I'll get through it, I'll get through it. It's not how it works. It a lot and, of and the amount of that. time yeah. we think, okay, I have this eight hour day or 10 hour day, yeah. and this is what I need to get done. You know, putting those time limits that never works, yeah. you know, but we do it. I know that I still do it and say, well, I have all, you know, I have this amount of time to get all of this done yeah. and then shut down without realizing, oh, oh no, I actually need to now. shut down. I need to yeah. get out and step away. And we don't tend to do that. No. So yeah. it used to be a pusher. Push through it. Push through it. Just sit there oh. and draw circles until you come up with it. For a second, I thought you were going to say you were a drug addict, like selling <laughs> drugs or something. Like, I'm pushing. Like, pushing for a living. The like, push what? of man. <laughs> and then when I ran out of time in the day, that just like was a switch all of a sudden. Like, fuck, I don't have any time anymore. Yeah. I can't sit here and draw circles until I come up with an idea. 
Yeah. I have to recycle that time and go go do something else. And then you get down on yourself because you're like, well, if I, Fuck, I didn't waste work. the time doing this yeah. or I did this and I did mm-hmm. this and if I didn't do that, I could have done this. Yeah. And if you just say, okay, hold on a second, I'm going to take an hour or two and go shut off, then yeah. you'll be way more productive. 100%. At least yeah. for me. Yeah, I'm yeah. right there with you. I'm That's a weirdo. So. Just in the facet of contracting, it's, I could, I like the, the double the double side of the coin where there's a lot of computer work to be done, but then there's also a lot of manual labor to be done. Yeah. And to be able to split it up is really nice. Some days where you're just yeah. grinding in the grindstone where you're just sweating, it's hot, you're digging, you're doing all this nonsense. And then the next day you're sitting in an AC office and you're in front of a computer and you're like, oh, this is easy. Yeah. When you could do the one-on-ones, but when it's weeks, when it's a two-week span of in front of the computer, it's a two-week span outside yep. in the heat, it's, okay, I've had yeah. enough. I got to, and then the days that come was. where you say, all right, I'm going to take, I'm going to go as long as I can doing this one thing, and then I'm going to do the exact opposite for yeah. an hour or so, because that's what I need at this point. Yep. Yeah. And that's what just happened this week. I was doing estimates, and then all of a sudden I was, hey, that needs to be cleaned up outside. I got to go move that. So yeah. I'm going to go do that and get some fresh air. Yeah. And sure enough, it was the game changer. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Totally like, flipped the mind. minds are so weird. It's complex. Stupid little ape minds. Yeah. <laughs> little monkey chimp brains complex <laughs> i love it if i get to go out in the field if somebody's like hey let's go bushwhack over here and yep. look for an alignment <laughs> yes i'm in there it's complex I'm there. let's go do but it i think there's like simple solutions to the problems yeah yes super complex problems but the solutions are complex like i don't know some element is super complex for sure but like the solutions are so simple yeah. Like just go move around. Once they're once go, they're discovered. Once they're discovered. Then there's like, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, that was super easy. But yeah. all that worry yeah. up until then, you're like Yeah. It doesn't seem so simple, but it always mm-hmm. ends up being simple. Oh hindsight. Yeah. Hindsight, you're like, wow, that was dumb. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that was so much time worrying over that. Stupid. So much anxiety. That yeah. was dumb. Yeah. <laughs> Where else in California what are the counties in California? Not necessarily counties, but like have you ever gone and ridden other places in the state or camp somewhere in Ridden or as much as I can yeah riding yeah yeah Yeah. where where are some places you've been uh I'd say probably one of my favorites is up in Quincy um Mount Huff Quincy Mount Huff yeah I've heard of both that why am I not able to pinpoint where that is there are tons of places on my list to go and ride and medical issues have kept me from riding for some, and then basically just being busy. Yeah. Um, it, which there's there's a uh, one person who's kind of one of my mentors, oh, who has constantly said he was also a, one of the coaches in the NorCal League, and he I don't know how many times he said to me, "You got to make time to ride, because otherwise, why are we doing what we're doing?" Mm-hmm. And that is constantly in my mind, and where it's like, "You oh, got to you got to make time That's to a ride." Beautiful so. area in between uh, and Tahoe. Holy shit! Gorgeous. I'm what I'm doing right now is I'm taking screenshots of the places like on a map, Google yeah. Maps, of the places that you've been talking about. So when I'm on my computer doing oh, this yeah. shit, it's what I'm doing. I'm not like emailing someone right now. <laughs> Yeah, that's out. sick. Yeah. Zoning out. That's, that's a cool area. It's probably one of, I'd say probably top of the list aside from Rimmeland Trails, yeah. uh, one of my favorite trails. We've, uh, me and Tommy have hunted in like Modoc National Forest, stuff like that. And where's that? Modoc is even Oregon north border. of Lassen. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
So northeast California. Okay. Super cool. Similar so, spot, probably. Super high volcanic, highly volcanic area. And yeah. Probably similar landscape. I just got back from Trinity Alps Wilderness last weekend. I was up there. Right. I did not take my bike. I had my dog, but uh-huh. um, gorgeous country up there, too. Awesome. Yeah, we were set to, again, go hunting out there because there's a lot of uh, public land. Yeah. And yeah, we don't have around, public land up there. Oh, around, nice. Uh, yeah, but here it's private land where we hunt. Uh-huh. It, and where we hunt now is uh, right across the way from you. Uh, Geyser Peak in between uh, Geyser oh, yeah. Peak and um, Black Mountain. Black Mountain and uh, fucking Pine Flat Road. Yeah, that's the ridge line I look at from my house. Yeah. Yep. So nice. Geyser's Road yep. to Pine Flat Road on the top ridge, we're like waving at you. And do you get permits for that, or or is that? Did you say it's private or that private public? land that we lease out? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Private land. Awesome. License yep. and tag. Yeah. That's all we do. Yep. Yeah. Same families, core families that have been leasing it out for years and years and years and years and years and years. And years, and years so I'm a total wimp. Um, I know my weaknesses, and I I can't kill things. And I I've tried, but I can't. I know it. I can't, but I do like meat. So Whatever. yeah, it's yeah. it's one of those things that I would stay up at night before I killed my first big animal. Yeah. I killed birds and fish, and yeah, I'd, you're thankful, but you're not as remorseful. But yeah. when you kill something with eyelashes, you you sit there and you look at it. And you're like, damn. I just that's would something cry. I crazy. cry at the thought of it. So yeah. it's like I know I'm never gonna do that. So, yeah. Nope. It's it takes it. totally fine. And then after after the deed is done, you're like, yeah. well, now there's a there's chores to do. Yeah. And you have to process it. Yeah. So that's what you do. And then you don't after that you don't think about it. Yeah. Until it and then it's done and then it's packaged away and then you're ready to eat for the next few months yeah Yeah. and that's that's my favorite part when it's no longer it doesn't look like a being anymore yeah and that's when it becomes fun because now you're trying to find recipes you're trying to utilize it as much but then you think back on the time you think back on the memory and i'm not a spiritual person by any means and i don't believe in much Mm -hmm. but when i was all by myself out there and i'd shot my first deer i remember looking at it and being like I don't know who to thank. Thank you. Thank you. Thank like whatever native gods or spirits Something. or whatever. Thank like, you, whatever. Just, yeah. Whatever would come into my head. That's what I was thinking. And especially the animal that gave its life to feed me for a little bit, you know? Yeah. And so that's, that's kind of the process that I go through and I can't speak for everybody. There's yeah. some people I'm sure that just, kill and then, and then that's it yeah they, there are people who do that and those I, I'm I don't sorry, know I can't get behind that I used to just be like I'm anti-hunting mm-hmm. and there was um, some really close friends of mine um, who hunt they grow their own food and you know after having talks with them you know they taught me you know this is actually the reality of going out and hunting there's a respect behind it I mean mm-hmm. even down to Largely. how he packages his meat and put it in the freezer i mean there's a whole like yeah and he's like this system is how it how it actually is and that changed my mind to it and i just Mm. realized oh because that's something i don't do or i can't do doesn't mean i'm against it i or i should be against it yeah so now i just respect something that i don't have the ability to do yeah the whole idea of shooting something you know where you 
how do I think this? My mind, I would create a family situation. <laughs> and what did I do? Like, did I just take the mom, the dad? Yeah. Were they out getting food for the babies? And now the yeah. baby's dying. They're not going to have their dinner around the table. Like, that's where my yeah, mind goes. You're I'm personifying terrible. the... Totally. Yeah. Totally. Whereas the reality is the babies yes. could grow up and then they have yes. to battle this larger male deer that may kill them yes, in the end. Yes, exactly. Who happens to be so, his dad. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that, exactly. Because it's trying it to breed kill, with its yeah, mom it or its, its sister. Or yes, its cousin. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but that's I know that's where my mind goes, and I know, like, for or, me... Or even why, worse, they get taken down by a bear. And yeah, a, they do. And or, or they get some virus. Yeah, or, some virus. you know, they yeah. don't have any food because of overpopulation, and they die. And I totally get all that, but yeah. my mind yeah. is dumb <laughs> and totally goes to this poor baby. That you know? little chimp brain. Yeah, it is that little <laughs> chimp brain, and that's where it goes. Like, yeah. I know it's totally naive. That is a weakness of mine. That's why I say, awesome. you do that, I'll benefit from it. I'm happy to benefit from it. I'll just mm. pretend like, that's fair. Know, it didn't have a family. Yes. It raised its hand with a little flag and said, yes, please take me. That makes me happier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm here for you. I'm that dumb. <laughs> I think something that's so cool about riding bike is, there's a lot, but of course, but like the understanding, the amount, yeah, the understanding that you gain about dirt and rocks and geology and trees and all that stuff. Because mm-hmm. if you're, depending on where you ride, you can ride three different terrains in Annadale. Yeah. You can be in forest, loamy stuff in the springtime. And then the seasons in and how the seasons and moisture reacts with the dirt mm-hmm. and different regions within one park. Mm-hmm. Blows my fucking mind. And like Calistoga, uh, you can see like the wagon wheels and stuff going up. Uh, oh, the Stagecoach Trail? Yeah, O'Hill yeah. Mine Trail. O'Hill Mine, yeah. It's like wagon wheel ruts up the trail while you're climbing. You're like climbing in them. That's so, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so but great. then you it's get on, nice. then you get like on a ridge over and then, or even forget that, even like a mile down from where those wagon wheel tracks are, you're like in gravel all of a sudden. It's not solidified rock anymore. It's all super loose gravel. Oak trees everywhere. There's no accounting for that until you start digging. So I, you can have something that's clay, and then 50 feet later, you're in you're in gravel that's yeah. under soil, and you don't know. Or you go and you know you can rocks are exposed t- over a matter yeah. of 10 years. Yeah. You have a rock that looks like it's this big. We just came across this on uh, the reroute. Our trail builder is out on the tractor, and he's you know trying to dig up rocks, and there's a rock this big, and it turns out you know we call it an iceberg. It's huge, and so yeah. you either do I pull this out and figure out, do I fill that up or do I make this work? And so it, it gets complex and that's where the trail builders, their expertise comes in. And yeah, I just look and see the, see the aftermath. So that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's fun. That's fun. <laughs> I think about that when I see Robbie, his brother doing like dozer work at the cabin or something. It's like, fuck that rock could be like the size of goat rock. We call this big yeah. red rock at our, hunting camp goat rock yeah and it's kind of like goat rock out of the ocean it's red Huge. from all the they, the bom- fire bombers they drop all their probably shouldn't say this whatever but they drop all their excess on the rock and it's practice aim yeah so that's why it's painted red it's, it's retardant oh it's retardant. actually red like oh it's red, red. red. i thought yeah. you meant like 
like mm-hmm. volcanic. You could probably like, see it if you pulled up binoculars from your house. If you can see, oh yeah, I can. That line, then yeah, you'll see the red rock. Yeah, that mm-hmm. fire last year. Scan the ridge line. Scan the horizon line. Yeah, and you'll see it. Really? Yep. We yep. could see it from uh, from Charlotte Overpass right here. Mm-hmm. Huh. I look at it every day. It's awesome. I'm yeah. gonna do that. So watch where you pee next time you're up there. Yeah. There's a toilet up right off the top of it. There's a toilet on top of the rock that we put there. <laughs> of course. Don't blush. <laughs> what is it? What is it about men needing to pee off of things? Like, there's a deck that's up high. I'm gonna pee off of Couldn't it. There's a rock you. this tall. I'm gonna get up there and pee off of it. Well, for the oh, most part, we climb up on top of it, and then you go, shoot, I gotta pee. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, well, I'm not like, climbing I'm gonna, all the way back down. I'm gonna pee off of this and claim <laughs> king of the hill until somebody comes and pees on my pee. Yeah. <laughs> that's no, what dogs it's not, do. It's not that. <laughs> for me at least it's not that you like this is cool or is it just I can do this so I'm going to for the it's most part it was just yeah. place and time yeah place and time <laughs> my bladder was full and I happened to be up there so yeah. that's what happened it's funny how you get to the top of something and your bladder is always full yep <laughs> yeah it's not on purpose it just kind of yeah. happens yeah. <laughs> just, I think it's the the anxiety of being up that high Oh yeah. Especially when you get over towards the edge and it's That's you look scary. down, it's about twenty feet to the ground on a downhill slope, yeah. and you're just thinking, "It's a ways. Yeah, that's a ways. I gotta pee now." <laughs> <laughs> but the story was there was actual goats up there. Like somebody had a herd of goats that was around that rock. Huh. At Goat Rock? Yes. Oh really? At our yeah. Goat Rock, I think. Yeah, it wasn't. Oh, your goat yeah. Rock. It wasn't oh, mountain was goats say. or anything like that it was farm just farm goats and and i think one of the one of the old timers got annoyed at the goats for some reason and then he just slaughtered them all like he just mowed them all down he just shot them all oh my god (laughs) it was hammered one day and just you know what fuck those goats and then just shot them all way back in the day and i i I was listening to the story and i looked at the guy and i was like what a murdering asshole murderous asshole have you ever seen goats in pajamas i mean goats are assholes (laughs) don't get me wrong every time you walk into a goat a goat pen they try and ram your thighs and things yeah you end up having to punch them or something just to get them off you yeah but I had one as a kid, and I wanted to make it my best friend so bad. It just wasn't goat, happening. He didn't me. like you. No. Damn. Butted me all the time. Mm-hmm. Just, to, just drive me nuts. But. I bet you if you would have tackled it or beat it with a stick, it probably would have listened to you. Would have respected so, you a little like, bit more. Passive when it comes. Well, to think that. about I was it. Like, you... I was trying to be like Jane Goodall. If I just sit here, <laughs> I'm in business for the longest time. Like I would just sit there. Like I'll be patient. I'll be patient. And then just, wham! Like yeah. just get butted. Like no. No, I was like, this isn't working. I don't know how she had the patience to do this. The way I think <laughs> about it is if you hit that goat with a stick, is it going to be worse than another goat ramming that goat? I know. Probably I totally not. get no. that from Probably a logical, from not. my logical side of the brain. Probably I totally get you. that. My emotional yes. side of the brain, I'm like, you yeah. can't do that. What if it hurt? Yeah. What if you did it what if? and you killed him? You killed it. Yeah. Then well, what? Then you're stronger than a goat. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> Emotionally and physically. Uh, yep. Yeah. You're you're better. You're apex predator. Speaking of apex predators, have you seen a mountain lion? I have. Ooh. Where in Did you stop? What was going on? I hope so. <laughs> so in my car, I saw one. It crossed Highway okay, 175 good. up on Cobb. And yes, I did stop, but that thing was so fast. It just jumped hmm. the just jumped the highway and, and went up. So I, I did pull over and 
I automatically assumed you were on your bike. Oh no. And, and I was thinking, no. I hope you stopped riding. No. <laughs> I it That's is how you on, get murked. It is on my bucket list to get a photo of a mountain lion in the wild. Um, yeah, so I amazing. would love it. There is one. So from my bedroom window, so my, my house is 35 feet tall, you know, from roof to ground and upstairs is my bedroom window, which overlooks a ridge line that, that goes right into bogs. And mm. it's the pathway of a mountain lion. I don't know if it's a female or a male. Um, but twice I've seen it come in like early morning hours. I rise, I get up super early. Mm-hmm. And so I've seen it walking the ridge line, and it's far enough away that I don't have a powerful enough camera, and my phone camera definitely isn't going to get it. Um, and so I've seen them twice up there. So that's, that's awesome. pretty wow. cool. And they are beautiful. Yeah. You know, I, I they, Do you it, have binoculars? I do. Do you have like a, some sort of little spotting scope, maybe? No. So you can get your camera, put it up to the binocular, just put it up to one hole. Turns it into a super long lens. Similar to like a telescope. So I've yep. done that before, which is cool. Yeah, you can do it with your binoculars. I do oh. it all the time. Okay. That would be cool. I that is that's on my bucket list. I wanna I wanna get super that. Doable. I've gotten a grizzly. <laughs> Holy shit, that's yeah. awesome. Nice. I've never seen a mountain lion before. They're beautiful. I have mean you tell me? No. No, I have not. Bobcat beautiful. is about the biggest cat I've seen in the world. Lots wild. of bobcats. Yeah. I have lots of bobcats up there. Yeah. Nice. And those are those are just as cool. Well, now mountain lion's way cooler, but yeah. Yeah. yeah they're yeah. beautiful. They're, I, yeah. I think they're majestic. Real life forest monster. Yeah. yeah. At least it has a decency of actually killing you before it eats you. That's true. And you won't hear it coming. Mm-mm. So it's yeah. very. Okay. Yeah. But if you look in, I, so I used to have a fear of, you know, okay, because I, you know, I run, hike and ride mountain bikes. And I used to think there's this one climb out in bogs way, way out in the back where I, I would go so slow. I was like, well, if there's a sick mountain lion, they're going to come after me because they're going to go this, whatever it is, is injured. They're going so slow. Yeah. And so I used to have a fear of that. And then I was like, you know what? Let me look up like actual deaths from mountain lions. And you look it up. Not, not that common, you know? No. They pretty much stay away from you. I also learned that they make this crazy sound that I've heard, I don't know how many times out in various forests and never knew it was a mountain lion. So if you look up online, listen to the sound. And it was like, oh, I just expect it to to be a roar. It's not. Does it sound like a Sasquatch? No. Oh. No, it does not. (laughs) (laughs) It does not sound like a Sasquatch. I don't even know what a Sasquatch sounds like. I don't know. I, you gotta wait what? for next Friday to learn that. I thought it was. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was tomorrow. <laughs> I thought it was the sound of. No, beep. I can't do it tomorrow. Oh, my oh. cousin is a firm believer of Sasquatch. Oh, really? Yeah. He's coming in. So does he go up into like Daloma area and? He doesn't actually go like Sasquatch searching, scouting. Yeah, but he <laughs> listens to all the stories and Podcasts. the oh, the yeah. information and the. Science, whatever yeah. facts are out there, he knows them. Yeah, yeah. And never and yet one good clear picture or poop or, or poop. bones or even or this amount fur. of time. Is there one? Is there multiple? And how come they haven't like populated way beyond? It's a fun idea, yeah. but they yeah. just. I, I agree. I am as all, a kid. It's a fun idea. I would be so ecstatic if there was some giant primate in the. Northern American forest. Yeah. It would be the greatest thing ever. Sure. But sorry. Yeah. There's just, there's just, 
nothing want to, to but prove it otherwise. I'm the same. I want to. I think super cute. Like I would hug it, give it beef jerky because apparently yeah. society tells us <laughs> Bigfoot wants beef yeah. jerky. Yeah. <laughs> or he'll punch it. you really yeah. hard. Yeah. <laughs> I, and to think that that's the scariest thing out in the woods is it's just not true. Yeah. A, Big brown bear is the scariest thing you could come across. Grizzly bear. It, black bears. Yep. They're sure. still scary black, when you see them in real Black life, bears, but, you can you could scare pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, for the most part, unless you run across a sow with two cubs yeah. or something cubs like that. Cubs or they're corner cornered. Yep, yeah. That's it. Uh, but for the most part, I I take my chances with black bear. Yeah. Brown bears, yeah. not so much. Yeah. That's, so it's... Uh, the inland brown bear is a grizzly, and then you have the coastal brown bear, which are the bigger of the two because they get more protein, right? Which one's that one? Kodiak, the maybe. Kodiak oh, brown bear. Okay. Yeah. And they stand those are closer monsters. to the. They're what? Th- those are monsters. Those are monsters. Oh. Those are the two. Monsters. Those are the closer to the ten foot mark, ten twelve mm-hmm. foot, and the bigger ones, just because they're more satiated for the most part, because they're always on salmon, are yeah. the kinder ones. But the inland grizzly bears, which are tender, tend to be smaller, are usually hungrier. Mm-hmm. And then those are, there's no stopping them. Yeah. So the thing that'll eat your asshole first while you're <laughs> screaming and still alive. Yeah, that's, it sounds like a horrible way to go. Could, the Kodiak bears can live up to 28 years. What? It's pretty good. It's fucking crazy. Man, I just outlived one. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I have almost double. Nice. You've killed two. Yes. You've outlived two. (laughs) Um, Based off of emails or conversations or just in general Remba stuff, what's a common issue that is probably a pretty easy solution that mountain bikers have against them? What do you mean? So, like, what's a common complaint against mountain bikers that would be relatively easy in your eyes to rectify? That maybe hikers have on uh, have issues with, or you know, part of the misconception. Uh, I think simply not understanding the sport. Yeah. Um, the speed, people. The speed. So that's what speed. I'm looking for. Like the speed, the um unsanctioned trail use the like what's the most is there a more common one than another yeah i i think um user conflict um where speed with mountain bikers is probably the biggest complaint and i think it's a it's it's a misconception it's not understanding the sport it's no different than you know me going down a hill you know or even up a hill or just being on a bike moving faster than you know other users it's it's scary when you look at it and you've never been on a bike it's no different than me when i look at someone on a horse i respect anybody who can ride a horse because they terrify me i literally get off the trail yeah honestly and that's what you're supposed to do like remba um yeah that we're working on yeah i am already like Fuck that. I am not yeah. messing around with that yeah. horse. I'm getting get off and I'm gonna make sure that you come. Personally I'm I'm the same way. Yeah. I, I am terrified of horses and you know, I, I just am. And so anybody who's on a horse, I have like, yeah. hey, just my I'll hat's stop. off to you, like whatever you yeah. want. So communicate, but it's not even just horses, it's other users who are out there yeah. and just feeling like 
you know, having never been on a bike, that's way too dangerous, way too scary. It's kind of the same concept. Yeah. And so that misconception is something that, that we're trying to change. And you can also do that with trail building. So if you have, you know, there's speed, there's out of control speed, and there's controlled speed. Yeah. So when you start doing in-slope turns, they look, you know, berms, you know, they're in-slope turns and trail building. But when you start doing those, you're, you're actually controlling the speed of the mountain biker they might be able to go faster but they have way more control than they do on yeah. you know like a the old school switchbacks or the tighter turns and so yeah minimizes skidding too yeah so, so so you know that education that ability to explain to other users who are like i do not want those those look terrible or you know i i don't want it it's way too fast i want i want mountain bikers to go five miles an hour or this that's that's just simply a misunderstanding and that's where education comes in. I think that's the biggest complaint. Yeah. Is huh. you guys go too fast. Yeah. You guys go We too want fast. speed um, control. We want speed enforcement and sure. that's not understandable. It's not feasible. Understandable. I get it. Yeah. yeah. It seems counterintuitive. Wouldn't you want them to get out of the way quicker? Wouldn't you want wouldn't you want everybody to go their own way faster? Yeah, I, I think it's just a general acceptance of something that you don't understand. And yeah. there, there are a lot more mountain bikers out there. There are a lot of us. Our sport is growing exponentially, especially with the high school leagues. I mean, yeah. you know, the NorCal High School Cycling League, just Northern California. There's a lot more female 2000, cyclists out there, yeah. too, now. It's, yeah, 2,000 racers. Those are kids that are all going to continue mountain biking. And then so many more people are getting into it. COVID, that, they've been... You know, new cyclists have been buying bikes off the shelves. Craigslist, you put a bike up for sale, it's gone. You know, people are out like, okay, now I'm going to try this sport. And so we're, we're growing exponentially. So education with mountain bikers and other users Super is critical. now, like yesterday. Now. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, I think most people are willing to sit down and, and listen and learn. And that goes both ways. You know, we need to understand the needs of all users. And once you have that understanding, then then there's a lot less of that perceived conflict that's out there. For the most part, there's not a lot of conflict. Here's something that I could probably work on is like, I feel like I've been riding for so long. So I'm like, I know the etiquette. Yeah. It's like, I just fucking know it. I know the rules. I know... Honestly, what I feel comfortable, what rules I feel comfortable breaking, what rules mm-hmm. I think are super important that I need to follow. And it's, I think that what would, what I should, what I could do better is watch those videos that would, that are directed towards newer cyclists. Because mm-hmm. it's not the same day and age. That's like the old man sitting on the front porch saying, ah, oh, these fucking kids. Right. They don't fucking know. And then here I am. Right. Not old, but, you know, riding for a while. It's like, fuck that rule. Yeah. Fuck that rule. So, but I should watch it and be like, okay. Well, so there, there is the, you know, the base trail etiquette rules that are out there. And mountain bikers, we yield to everyone else. Yeah. And that, for the most part, functions and everybody understands that. But again, that black and white issue, it's not always black and white. It's not. Which is where, you know, there's the this new concept that's coming out, which is, yes, you know, that's kind of what you adhere to, but it doesn't always work out that way on the trail. So you stop, you be nice, communicate with the person. You see a horse coming up, you see a runner, you see a hiker, 
and they they Gray should area. also be doing the same. Look at your situation. There's yeah. a great program in Marin. Marin has you know huge advocacy that this they've been doing the down there. They have problem everywhere. Yeah, this is it's, learn how to be situational. Situational, not yes. yeah, black and white. Yep. How do you make decisions? Given your circumstances, teach people on the that fly. you can. Teach people that you can. Education. Yeah. So most people are giving us out of rules. These are the rules. This is how you follow. So we need to kind oh, of man. not change those rules. That's a great baseline. Yeah. It is great, but it doesn't always work. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we start changing that conversation and educate people. Yeah. Uh, hey, all user groups, let's just go ahead and how do you, know, you teach slow judgment? and say hello? Yeah. It's a great program um, down in Marin that's functioning very well. It's a great educational program, and I refer to that all the time. Just slow and say hello. It's a great concept. Slow and, and say hello. Slow and say hello. And that is mountain bikers, equestrians, hikers, and runners who got together and said, these are all of our needs. Yeah. What do we need to do? And they developed this this program, and it's great. And I think that's just even just the title alone is enough where I don't even have to explain the program. Slow and say hello. Figure out the needs slow and of say whoever's hello. on Can, there. Yeah. Are you taking that? Are you able to take that note? As a side for me. What's that? Just slow and say hello. Alright. I was gonna say that the the equal enemy of all Thank four you. of those uh, trail users is most certainly the dirt biker. Oh so yeah, so so OHV users they're they they have it the hardest, you know. They yeah. most of the places they're not allowed to go into, especially, you know, where we are. We, you know, as mountain bikers, we're battling for access you know, in our own way, but we're not even close to, to what they have to do, but a, a great, um, yeah, I would imagine there, there's is an uphill battle all the time, all the time. Yeah. And, and, and I've talked with different OHV groups at different, um, you know, meetings where, where they show up and yeah, their battle is, is uphill constantly. They, they hardly ever catch a break. And so, and huh. even financially, you know, what they have to, pay for and and their access is so limited so yeah 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 it's hard yeah because isn't the closest trail for them probably cow mountain cow mountain is one um going up into mendocino national forest they can go up there Mm -hmm. um although i think a lot of those trails are still closed because of the fire when i was last up there about a month ago a lot of those are still closed so cow mountain and yeah it's pretty limited so yeah i never I had dirt bikes, but I never went out there. I yeah. was lucky to have private property around here. That yeah. I was able to ride for a while. And then after I kind of lost the property, I was like, uh, after I lost access to the property, access, I, I yeah. said, nah, I don't, I don't need to get into that anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, what's interesting. They also have, there's a, a misconception with them also the, the perception of who they are, but you, you talk with organizations and, and leaders of those organizations and they're, when, you know, they're in the same battle. They're, they're articulate. They are advocating, they're educating, they're, you know, doing everything they can to help their user group. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, whenever it's pretty, there's a group, there's going to be a misconception. Yeah. Their enthusiasm just, is, is motivating though. Yeah. I bet. We don't have it as bad as that, but we're, yeah, they're we're all jazzed up on Monster and Red Bull and whatever <laughs> well, else they take. Or <laughs> so are all the kindergartners that are <laughs> at home, where they're like, "I need a Red Bull." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was thinking of of uh, there needs to be an advocate for another group, and I I think it had to do with roads. 
<laughs> oh, it, it had to do with diesel motors around here. Because oh. uh, I heard that uh, by 2040, California was going to do away with all diesel motors. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, that's obscene just for the sheer fact that it actually takes less energy to produce diesel mm-hmm. from crude oil. That's one of the things. I get that it, it pollutes more. So if that's the thing, you have an engine that's capable of burning renewable resources. Mm-hmm. So why not change the fuel you're actually putting into these motors? Why get rid of them altogether when they're inherently more efficient than gas motors? And so the whole thing, and I'm just, I'm scratching my head on that. Why? Why are you, why is there a need to get rid of this? Yeah, this this thing that, that, yeah, that drives, I would say during a work day that drives 70 to 80% of the vehicles that are actually on the road because during a work day, most people are driving gas cars are either, they're either driving a hybrid and they're commuting mm-hmm. all day long because they're delivery or something, or it's a shipping truck that's diesel, a contractor's truck, usually diesel, or uh, a FedEx or a UPS truck might run on propane. But, so it's, and it, then heavy equipment, it's, it's essential just, for heavy equipment. Is that so. just, um, you can't register a diesel vehicle in California, or you're not allowed to drive it here. So I, how are they? How are they going? Twenty forty. I don't know the the dirty details. Mm-hmm. I was told by a diesel mechanic mm-hmm. that that they are looking at by twenty forty, no more diesel motors will be able to be registered in California. Hmm. Or maybe it's no more production of diesel motors. No new production here. I don't know. It seems really I crazy. I wonder if that's an attempt or. I- you know, or, or how much would the state lose in registration revenue if they got rid of that? Yeah. And then people Given who... The agriculture uh, business stubborn, that's here. Yeah. Stubborn huh. people that are... You know what? Why are you, why are you taking that away? All right, I'm out. Yeah. I'm leaving now. Yeah. And then you're and then you're losing your work... Part of your workforce, your farm force kind of deal. Yeah. And then there's a, there's a fuel called Next Fuel. It's a, I haven't heard of that either. It's a derivative of biodiesel, or it's a refined version of biodiesel, where it burns cleaner and hotter, so it's more efficient than regular diesel. Mm-hmm. And it's on the market right now. Really? And, and yet, no, hardly anybody knows about it. I have never heard of it. Yeah, it's in select pump stations, and it would turn... What's it called? Next Fuel. N-E-X-F-U-E-L. <laughs> like it sounds yeah <laughs> huh i'm gonna have to look into that that's yeah. interesting and i know i think i tried to reach out to them once or twice trying to get a pump station up here to service it and if it was four dollars a gallon you best bet i'd still be buying it <laughs> still i mean for it. i mean regular diesel is 320 but yeah. if now i got this cleaner thing that doesn't hurt my engine it doesn't hurt the hoses that i have and all these things and, and it doesn't mean you have to get rid of your vehicle and it's less pollution overall let's do it mm-hmm. replace it all i don't care but yeah. that's probably never gonna happen because uh politics right Damn. so i don't know it's it maybe they're it just circles back to the the groups thing. People who are advocating and educating, yeah, need to need to stay there because otherwise things get lost because people become ignorant. Yeah, and advocacy is an interesting world. It's it's something I'm learning to navigate, and it's a delicate balance, you know, because you have 
there's politics behind it. There are um, agencies, you know, who aren't necessarily associated with a particular property, but the the people who work there are, and that's who you have a relationship with. And um, so it's kind of delicate where you say, well, this is what I want to do. This is my personal belief, but this isn't necessarily good for overall this isn't going to get me into developing a partnership it's not gonna it's not gonna help any situation it's only gonna make everything worse and so you have to like figure out that balance where do you where do you have that conversation of you know how do we resolve this as opposed to these are you know unsanctioned trails you know Unsanctioned trails. There's, for me, I I understand why they're being built. I see the positive behind it. For me, I think, okay, these people are going out. Look at how many trails they actually built. Now, if you could corral that and say, let's do it the right way. Leverage it. Let's do it. But, you know, and it's not advocating for building those trails it's it's seeing the positive side of it there is a positive using side what's already it. built yeah how yeah. do we re- how do you how do you use what's there how allocate do you where this energy has been how do you take that energy and say okay so if we can come to an agreement and we can work together it seems and like you're say, a hey, wizard at that with your house situation with other stories you've already told it's I like know about wizardry but how do i <laughs> how do i repurpose this shit that just happened yeah. The shit I found into something usable. Yeah. But there's also, yeah. there's that positive aspect, which, you know, yeah, you can turn that conversation. Okay. So if we can meet on middle ground, yes, I also understand from the perspective of why this shouldn't happen. Yeah. I totally understand that. Mm-hmm. So that's where the delicate balance is, you know, so you have to advocate. So how, how do you, how do you negotiate that with someone? How do you, how do you say, okay, we have these people here who who now have ownership of, of really some awesome and a lot of hard work with someone who says you're not allowed to do that on my land, but also I understand why you can't do that on the land. So how do we come together and, and stop this, you know, back and forth, good guy, bad guy, black and white? How do we change that conversation? How do we make those trails legit if we can? How do we utilize those people who are actually taking their own time and going out and doing it and make it legitimate how do we say this is where we want you to build trail we want you to build cool and fun trails here's where we want you to do it they'd be more than happy to so it that it's it's very delicate all the time what are some issues with private land like what do you mean because i've never really i guess there's one time i've been on private land but it from hearsay it was welcomed there was a gate put in by the the owner yeah and it never had a lock on it. And I was always taught from this one trail, not in general, this one trail, this one gate. It led out in the back of a vineyard. And fuck, we did it all the time. It was the sickest trail on the planet. And that particular owner had that gate there with a the latch. And there was no sign or anything. It was just kind of like the, unspo- the unspoken rules. Yeah. Um, but like, what problems are you, do you... Do, are people facing in this industry with private land versus people wanting to use it? I think there, there. Are, well, I, I know there are a lot of private landowners who want trail built, and they're they're willing to pay to make that happen, and they'll they'll make access available either through memberships or, you know, whether it's a winery like Six Sigma, you can become a wine member or buy a case of wine and you have access for you and your family to their trail system, which is awesome. There are a lot of different places like that. Um, 
those are great models. Um, my thing is, is when it comes to private property, and, and this is kind of a personal take that I have having talked with multiple, you know, private property owners, is sometimes there's a, a wink, wink, nudge, nudge, don't cause problems. If you need this right. to get from that here the to end, there. The I was under that's the whole, this particular trail. That's the whole know where that. you ride, know where you're riding. Yeah. But, you know, going through a gate or hopping through fences or doing anything like that, and even if a gate is unlocked, yeah. think about if your home was right in the middle of a potential path from, you know, one neighborhood to a grocery store. Yeah. And someone was like, I know that person. Yep. They leave their doors unlocked. You know what? Rather than go around and it's going to take you a mile, you can just go through their house and it's yeah. totally fine. I feel like that's the same thing. Yeah. You know, you're essentially going through a private area. Yeah. You don't know what somebody's doing, regardless of what anyone says. All it takes is one person to say they keep their doors unlocked, their gates go through and it's fine, yeah. you know, and then you tell your friends and pretty soon, you know, maybe it's a vacation yeah. home and you're not there all the time, but all of a sudden you're like, why, why is there this worn path yeah. through my house? Why are, why are my doors open? Why are there, you know, wrappers and, you know, mm -hmm. goo right. and water bottles in my, in my home, yeah. you know? So it's no different. It's, it's, you know, and know where you're riding. That knew of this story like firsthand. Yeah. So yeah. I, was, I trusted that enough. Sure. If it was like a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend, no, I yeah. would not have trusted that. I think I it's know where you know where you're riding. Yeah, you know. What's the liability that runs along with riding on private? I'm not a lawyer, so I don't know. Um, <laughs> without an easement, um, I, I don't know what that liability is. Hmm. Yeah, so there's no, there's not a usual waiver signed or anything. Just go ahead. Not and use without it. an easement. Uh. -uh. That's yeah. a, that's so a I lot of trust. Yeah. Dicey. That's a lot of trust for the homeowner. Yeah. yeah. He must so, have a good homeowner's insurance policy. So I, I don't think, I, I think a lot of those situations, it's somebody who's gone through and said, hey, you know what? I made it through. Nobody's there. And then word gets out. And then and then people kind of start passing through private mm -hmm. property until there's a problem. And we, we do deal with this all the time. We do have to go in and... and talk with private property owners with agencies who are working yeah. with them one of the problems with that is people have that conception like this is okay because everybody's doing it you know my yeah. friend told me it's fine like this was no years ago when i was doing it maybe yeah. the rules are different maybe mm -hmm. maybe yeah. i was i was believing in a lie i have no idea yeah. well really, one of the but... one of the big thing maybe it wasn't a lie maybe yeah. somebody was you know told hey yeah you can pass my property but you know how yeah. that goes like hey yeah totally my buddy totally. my buddy my buddy my buddy my buddy yeah. it's like cats having kittens you know you yeah. have one cat who has a litter of kittens and yeah. then look how fast luckily for warm. them a trail was pretty hard to find yeah but but yeah oh, the other thing not that, saying that's it makes it okay i'm just saying like lucky yeah. for them the traffic like if it was like a north burma style trail yeah, okay, you're the other <laughs> aspect of that is probably back when you were doing that, there weren't, um, you know, software applications that are mapping your ride right. and, and everything yeah. else, which homeowners are looking into, like with Strava and everything. Yeah. Um, it, some of those are it, it is trespassing. If you do not have permission yourself from that homeowner and there is no easement, yeah. you are trespassing. trespassing. And you could also be impacting the potential of agencies who are already working with those landowners to yeah. gain easement yeah. and access. And that is happening all the time. And that does 
drop right in front of us where agencies are like, hey, can you help us out with this? Because people are trespassing or, you know, that information is getting out. And guess what? You know, we're yeah. we're delicately yeah. working on this easement. We don't have to do that, luckily, but our partners do. And so mm-hmm. we do want right. to help with that. And yeah discourage it as much as possible yeah you know? just hold off for a little yeah. bit longer yeah there's a bigger maybe picture there'll be something here. Yeah, there's a bigger picture and there's a lot happening behind the scenes 24 7 and it is literally 24 7 and so so think about that and like yeah this might be the fastest way this might be best this might be easier for me right now yeah. But you might be impacting a bigger picture. That property owner could say, you know what? People aren't even paying attention now. Yeah. Why would I want to grant you easement rights? You know. Seriously, yeah. So yeah, it's a it's a big impact when, when that happens. It's yeah, it's a responsibility to know the property lines, I think, of yeah. the rider. Um if I think it would help if it would help the property owner's cause if they found and did some due diligence on their end besides just being a the neighbor mm-hmm. you know put a fence up or put a sign up help people help you kind of too yeah put a no trespassing sign that way they're super in the wrong it only helps you i think as someone that has a goal to own property have plenty of land where i can just do what i want around you bet your ass. I would find every trail that went into my property and I'd put a sign up. Mm-hmm. And if I didn't and I saw someone coming through, they deserve a warning. Well, Just a warning. There's and that's some, it. Hey, some this personal is my responsibility with that, right? Yeah, it's your property. So, You're paying for it. Why no, aren't there's, you... there's personal responsibility as any user if, yeah. to know, you know, again, know where you're riding. Know, know where you're out using somebody's land. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, it's there are street, there are applications out there yeah. that do give you property lines. Gaia Maps, it's great. Yeah. You know, Onyx for hunting. Yeah, mm-hmm. like that's Onyx a big deal. A yeah. yeah, so you know, you know where you are, and and you know, yeah. you 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 make, can know where you are. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, close enough. Yeah, you and can so, yeah. know where you are. It's up to you to, to learn where you are. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, if you have somebody who has four thousand acres, are they expected to put? Fencing around 4,000 acres with no trespassing signs? No, but it would help their cause if they did. Sure. It would help their, it would help their cause if they did. That'd be pretty expensive. Not, ex- not expected yeah. at all, but it would help. Yeah, yeah. I think... I if think they hated people coming through, yeah. Yeah. an entry-level start, if they're able to do it, Take, yeah, I think that's where there's a, the a gray area. Yeah. Um, and a lot of that, there's a lot of that that, that happens. I mean, you know, people are out in backcountry all the time. You don't always know if you're on private property. Yeah. You know, again, that does fall on the user. However, you know, all it takes is one conflict. You know, maybe there's mm-hmm. a property that doesn't even have a house. Maybe it's a vacation home. Maybe it's a property that somebody goes because they want to sh- just shoot their gun in yeah. private or whatever. And you don't know until there is a conflict. You don't know until you do run into that homeowner who's like, what the hell are you doing out here? Yeah. You know, or you do run into the homeowner and they're like, yeah, you know what? It's fine. Just keep it minimum. You know, just get, just use it to get from A to B. That's it. Don't stop. Don't build trails on my property, whatever. Yeah. Um, again, it's, it's situational. So know yeah, where you're riding. Or you run into that guy's bullet because you didn't yes. know it was his property. Right. And he didn't know you were there. Yes. And then. But at yeah. the yeah, cabin, the like person. a perfect example of this is at the cabin with a problem that we run into pretty consistently is the cyclocross guys and girls. 
They ride from mm-hmm. Geyser's Road to Pine yes. Flat. Yeah. Okay. It'd be one thing if they're like that's we're talking thousands of acres now. Mm-hmm. We're in the thousands of acres there as as far as ways to access the property. Right. There is obvious no trespassing, obvious big monster metal gates at every entrance to that section of land. Yeah. And if you go through that, super shame on you. Yeah. What the fuck are you doing, dude? Right. We've taken so, the extra mile to do this and you're still coming on? So see how that feels? Like it, it's not great. Like what are you yeah. doing on my property? You're If you're out there hunting, now you have to think, yeah. okay, is somebody potentially out here? Yeah. So now your responsibility is not only am I looking for, yeah. you know, dinner I, I also have to think about are people out trespassing on my property so yeah. it's people it's, that aren't in our group yeah. either it's right. no different in our group yeah it's i'm no always different looking for people there are group, no but... signs it's no yeah. different um know where you're riding 100 yeah. percent. know where you're riding and if you do find yourself on somebody's property be respectful and be nice you yeah. know one of the biggest problems we have is people you know run across a property owner and they get pissed when the yeah. property owner calls them out and there's a conflict oh you're in the wrong you're in the wrong yeah Yeah. i would have been so sorry yeah yeah i would have been super sorry i probably ridden it tail between your legs sorry three times in my life (laughs) and i was just like i would have been just whoa i'm super sorry i just did not know for the most part, I mean, luckily, mountain yeah. bikers are like that. But, they, yeah. you know, we have our bad apples like every user group. Oh, and, and that does cause major, assholes. major problems. Yeah. yeah. I feel like... Yeah. I wouldn't want any, but after that, that one, that's bad taste in everybody's mouth. You went through a sign that said no yes. trespassing. And it does and happen. You, you, you can it. still have, you know... You know, those areas, and again, know where you're riding, but yeah. you can still have those areas where, hey, this is okay because we're going, you know, we're cornering on somebody's property, but understand you're on somebody's private property. Yep. And if you're going through, know that you're in the wrong, you know, yeah. be respectful. Yeah. But that one conflict can shut it down completely for what might have been a wink, wink, nudge, nudge, or could have been a, I'm going to look the other way as long as you don't cause problems. Yeah. That's the one problem that will completely shut it down. And guess what? Nobody's going on there. Yeah. So yeah. again, know where you're riding and be responsible with riding. hundred yeah. percent. I guess so I can clear my, make sure that it's, cause this is a pretty, this is like the hottest topic we've talked about probably just so it's clear. I think that, what I was saying, just so it's not misunderstood, what I think is it would only be in the private property owner's benefit to put up the signs. Yeah, absolutely. It would only help the cause. Absolutely. At, at minimum, signs at entrances. Signs, yeah. a sign. Go I, find the entrances. is probably under 10, depending on your property. Which yeah. they probably Where do already. At. And you're you're kind of on both sides of that, so you get you get both perspectives. I'm on the... Which is good. Yeah. You, you get both perspectives, yeah. which which is awesome. But again, you know, putting that... We weren't even owners of that land. We lease it. Yeah. But it's, we it's, treat it as if I, if it was our own. Yeah. Yeah. Which is it's, awesome. Yeah. But I, I do think, you know, to say, hey, a property owner should have these signs or they should have no trespassing or whatever. Otherwise, this is going to happen. I think it takes away the responsibility yeah. of the user, which yes. we, we need all users to think about where you are, no matter what you're doing, riding mountain bikes, hiking, backpacking, mm-hmm. whatever yeah. you're doing, know where you are and know what's allowed. Yeah. If I got caught, I wouldn't be saying, Oh dude, you should have had a fucking sign. Yeah. <laughs> 
But some people, sure. some but people do say you that. Had a sign, yeah, it would have helped the cause. Yeah. It does, sure. It would have helped. But again, in those gray area situations, for the, yeah, for, yeah, where yeah. where it's like, hey, this has been okay for now, and again, you know, easements are being worked on, but that is still a process yeah. that could shut down that easement negotiation a hundred percent easily, oh, yeah. Yeah. and nobody uses it. There's suddenly no those more. fences are going up, and what has been used for decades is no longer being used. So now, you know, what's happening is we're. There are a lot of those, you know, trails that are just, just need to get from here to there, A to B trails. And now it's, hey, let's get those easements as opposed to sneak across or whatever. Let's get those easements. And so now when you are doing that, you are potentially jeopardizing that. Comfortable doing it. That's the right way to do it. Yeah. You watch Yellowstone at all? Do I what? Do you watch Yellowstone? Is that a show? Yeah, it's a show. No, I don't have much time for TV, but. It's a. Yeah, Except for good. stand-up comedians, but yeah, that's Tom good. Segura. Like, I don't even know how you say his name. Really? Oh my god, are you kidding? That guy's hilarious. But sorry, go ahead. He's, he's a fangirl too. Guys, him and his wife. <laughs> Have you listened to Christina Pajitsky? No, that's his wife. Oh my god. Oh maybe I, I wonder They're, if I have. We have a podcast oh, together. You'd be, you'd be super stoked. Oh, I do want to hear that. Then. Yeah, look yeah. up your mom's house. As a pod, it, that's what their mom's house. Yeah. That's okay, what their like podcast it. is called. <laughs> he's got one with her, and then he's got two bears, one cave with uh, oh, what's his name? Uh, Bert Chrysler. Uh, Bert Chrysler. Uh, <laughs> Bert Chrysler. Kurt Chrysler, but it's yeah. Bert Chrysler. <laughs> Jesus. Bert Chrysler. Bert. You got a computer right there. <laughs> Man, this is fun. <laughs> Bert Chrysler. Bert Chrysler. Yes, is his name. But they're those two. Oh my gosh! He does all the stand up with no shirt on. Oh, I thought the the guy's name was Phil. (laughs) 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 Burn pressure. I love that guy too. Oh my god, that guy is hilarious. Yes. Yes. And everybody's got time for podcasts. I don't care what anybody says. You can. I live Listen in Lake to County and, and your drive. in Napa, Sonoma, oh, yeah. and Lake County. So right there. all the time, every there, day. So. The mom's house one is a, kind of long, I think. I think it could get up to four hours oh, for one for one episode. Damn. It's usually two to four. What kind of a but, podcast is over an hour? Oh, because they, they go... <laughs> <laughs> um, we're at like two right now. We're at two right now. Nuh-uh, really? Yeah, it's away from two, yeah. Yes. Uh, what they do is it's it's him and his wife and they banter back and forth and they go over some things and then they find weird videos and they go over that and then oh, nice. and then they usually have one or two guests in a thing and then they close out the show. And so if it's one or two guests and after all that, Jesus, that's a lot of show. Nice. I couldn't imagine sitting here recording all that with ads and that nonsense and then having you in here and then taking a <laughs> half of what we just did and then oh and then tomorrow we'll do another one and then splice that in there and have it all one show oh they do a, like all huh. the editing it's all, and all blended in of, yes oh, shit. yeah they have they have a production team too but yeah i think the two bears one cave is a little more palatable it's maybe an hour and a half to two hours is it funny oh it's, it's hilarious it's <laughs> hilarious i don't listen to too much anymore it's but. literally two comedic friends just oh, I bantering. Love it. 
what I was, I'm sure you'll get a kick out of it. What I was going to anyway. get at with the Yellowstone thing was to almost even contradict what I was saying. Man, they in the in the show, it's this Amazon Prime Video show, right, with Kevin Costner, and it's they have fence lines in some of their property lines, but other areas they don't, and it's that'd be super nice to be able to go into Yellowstone Park just through your property. Yeah, wouldn't know without having to worry about a gate or anything. That's like a perk of you owning the property, being a neighbor of a park. Right. So. Yeah, it just goes. It's a two-way street. You but is that know, so? You have to know where you're riding if you're in the park first to know you can't go here. So if you're a property owner that's backed up to Yellowstone and you have access to go in there, and then people find out about that access, do you allow them to access it from there? Right. No. Or do you put up signs? No, because it's public to private. Right. Yeah. You shouldn't have to put up signs. Right. There you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I wasn't. Yeah. And I'm not <laughs> saying you should have to. But it would only help your cause. It does. If you had an obvious trail, it would only help your cause if you did. It does. Shouldn't have to. Or, bigger picture, there shouldn't be a cause. If you're if you're already going through perfect. there, if you're doing yeah. it as the user, in a be perfect nice, world, yeah, be respectful. Yes. a lot of that is education. Yeah. Like most people, if. There is no changing entitled. Entitled is entitled no matter who you yeah. are, no matter what you're doing yeah. out anywhere in mm-hmm. life, whatever. If you feel entitled, there is no changing that until you change that yourself. Yep. So we, we're never going to reach those people, but for the most part, you can everybody else. And when you have more people who understand, like, be respectful, be courteous, be nice, whatever, just just understand that what you're doing might not be sanctioned legal or whatever you want to call it so assume it's not yeah and so if you see somebody else not doing that then the more people who do understand they can educate and politely say hey i'm not sure if you understand this but you're going to ruin this for me or you're going to ruin this for my friends and you're going to ruin this for everybody else if you continue to do this and so that's that's the hope that's what we're we're trying to reach that's where that message is super clear in all the scripts and stuff that i've edited for alex or with alex yeah that message is super clear yeah one bad egg can spoil the whole deal everything for everyone everyone we lose all of it and so that's where, you know, advocacy reaches beyond, you know, those yeah. of us who are sitting at the table or talking with agencies and, you know, doing those closed door sessions or whatever. Ad- advocacy goes beyond that. It goes into where you are educating other people and they are out using a trail and they see something. And it's not about enforcing. We don't enforce. You, Everyone's going to do what they're going to do. We are, we are not enforcers, but we can educate. And that means mm-hmm. our members and beyond can say, hey you know what, I, I see that you're building this trail. I see that you're doing this. You know, you're you're causing destruction to the land. You're, you're causing erosion or, you know, you talking to those hikers like that, you're going to ruin That's it for the rest of us. That's a fine right there too. It is. Because then so, you're on the trail and some person is saying something to you. Mm-hmm. Well, who are you? Yeah. Well, Why are I, you telling me this? That's where I think it's polite so it's, education. Yeah. I think if you're like, hey, did you know? Not you shouldn't do that or don't do that. Like, don't. I, I'm a. The, enfor- the non enforcer yeah. thing is super yeah. important. Not enforcing. And, super important. And, you know, we've caught, 
you know, some of that where we've had conversations with people like, hey, do you want to help with that video? You know, with yeah. with Alex, we, you know, we need support. We need financial support. We need input. We need all of this. And we have some who are like, are you going to admonish this? Are you going to admonish that? And I, I don't like that term. No, we're not admonishing anyone. We're trying to educate because we're trying to reach those who don't know. That's usually yeah. the problem. People just don't know yeah, because right. you don't stop and look on your computer. What are the appropriate rules and to I'm be polite on a trail? Right yeah, yeah I feel like that's not how it works. Yeah. Yeah. If somebody's going to break the rules, they're going to break the rules. And human nature, you know, across the board, if you if you tell a two year old not to do something, guess what they're going to do? They're going to go do it. Yeah. You know, and it's the same thing with adults. You say, don't do that. You know. Who are you to tell me not to guess what I'm going to, except for yeah. rule followers, you know? Yeah. So it's not about enforcing. It's not about saying don't do this or, or do that or don't do that. Yeah. It's just, hey, how about you do this? Because, you know. That's a key do, component to every group worth being a part of, I think. Mm -hmm. Whether it's, oh, my God, the list can go on and on and on and on and on. And the most diverse list. Yeah. It's oh, yeah. cool to be a part of a group, but to enforce, enforce or force yep. it upon people, it's not cool. That's not the way to go about it. I think that's really one of the, the good things with our, our partners, you know, the land management agencies and everyone we work with. They do come to us and they say, here, here's an issue that we're having. You know, we... We are having this behavior with mountain bikers or they're building trail over here. What can you do about it? First thing we say is one, we're not going to enforce, you yeah. know, we, we don't control people. We don't control our user group. We work within our membership. We work with what our user group wants and needs and what makes sense. So we're not going to do that. But here's what we can do. We can educate on the why not to do something. We can say, yeah, here's the impact that you're having and it's generally a negative impact by your behavior or what you're doing. Um, we can do that. And, you know, so that's one of the big things, you know, coming in and telling people don't build unsanctioned trails. That's an easy one. Here's why. You know, this is this is what can potentially happen. Know what you're doing. Even when I go in and I talk to a group or I'm given a presentation, first thing I say is I am not a trail builder. I know how to build trail. I can go out and dig. I can use all the tools. I know what they are. I can do all of it, but I am not a trail builder. I leave that to the experts. That's why we have our professional team. They know what they're looking at. They know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. So I think um, when that comes into play and we're talking about unsanctioned trails, like, okay, that's another educational tool. But when they come in and say, will you take out this trail? We also don't do that because we're trying to create more trails. more trails, better trails. We're not trying to take that's trails against out. the whole mission. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so... That's another part of enforcement. It's not just do this, don't do that. It's the same thing. No, we can't come in and take out a trail. I'm yeah. sorry, we can't do that. There's yeah. a lot of work that went into that, but let's talk about how we can resolve this situation. Another you know, one. by looking at why are they building unsanctioned trails? Why are they doing this? So let's try and solve that as opposed to yeah. let's do this back and forth, black and white, good right. guy, bad guy. Yeah. So why are they? Is it? It's beyond obviously. The fact that it's fun and cool. Need hit. for trails. Yeah. There's a there's a need for more trails that are out there. Because um, there's something cool about, like, man, that's a secret trail, right? There's a, there's an ominous little emotion that comes with that. It's I almost, think there's some of that. I think there's. Um, but it's larger than that, is what I'm getting at. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I think um, 
that's where the conversation is starting to shift when you yeah. sit down and say, yes, we can come in and we can build a trail. You know, do you want us to build, you know, a hiking trail or a multi-use trail? If you build fun trails, guess what? People are going to ride those trails. They're going to ride them. They're not yeah. going to stop and build trails. But if yeah. you don't have fun trails out there, people are going to go out and build trails. Yeah. And so that conversation with land managers has definitely shifted and probably before my time. And for all the work of the advocates who have been doing this for decades prior to me, this is not my doing. You know, yeah. this is all of their work. Um and so, yeah, that that is changing. And so in trail building, yeah. there are, you know, in slope turns and there are jump lines, there are A and B lines, there are, you know, rock lines There there are different lines that we're allowed to start building now, which which is making more sense. And it does make sense to build fun trails. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. It's cool. Yeah, it's it's a trip. Yeah, it is. The it's a crazy sanctioned trail deal. Yeah, it's an interesting world. Yeah. It's a very interesting world. Because there, yeah, that feeling you get of doing that new trail that you've never done before. Maybe you don't even know it's unsanctioned mm-hmm. or not. Mm-hmm. Maybe you've ridden Annadale for the first time ever, and they just happened to not put a close sign in front of it. And someone yeah. rides her all the time. Oh, dude, my buddy showed me this trail. Let's fucking do it, dude. And we do it. It's like the most epic trail you've ever ridden ever. And then at the end of the trail, you see... This red stake. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. <laughs> that was supposed to be closed. That's weird. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> Anna, Annadale is, is unique um, when it comes to that. That's a, within the state park system, which is, again, an, an advocacy issue. And the the people who work in Annadale are really, really supportive. They're awesome. They are great. Um, it's just a complex issue. It's yeah. a complex advocacy issue to, to get in there and change that. I mean, they're, they're about land resources. They're about, you know, the sites and, you know, yeah. there's cultural there's resources. Yeah. And so that navigating that is delicate. Yeah. Because you don't always know, especially as a newer rider to a area, not newer rider to the, to riding. Yeah. It's a newer rider to, in a new park, in a new area. It's like mm-hmm. hunting. It's like, you don't know where the trail will end. Right. You don't even know which way is north, south, east, or west at that point. Right. If you're in the trees on a foggy day. Yeah. How are you supposed to fucking know? And then all of a sudden, you, you know, without a map. And it's your first time. Yeah. Honest mistake. I didn't screenshot the map. Right. I didn't take a picture of the map. Fucking slap my hand with a ruler. Sorry, dude. And then yeah. you, you're just trying to have a good day, you know. Ignorant mistake honest mistake sure and then you ride down this trail and you see that red sign fuck okay there there's a lot of that you know a lot of people if you're if you're not familiar you don't know where those unsanctioned yeah. trails are and, and yeah, you're here that's for work. Okay. the last thing you're thinking about is hmm, where can i ride and where can i not ride yeah i'm going yeah. to a public park well and yeah. so that's that approach for a lot of people, I think. Well, I think for the most part, you're right. So when you're in advocacy and you're dealing with land managers and you are having those conversations all the time, you're very aware of it and you're aware of both sides. Mm-hmm. But to an average writer or somebody yeah. who's like, I just want 
you know, rubber and dirt. That's yeah. all I'm looking for. <laughs> and this trail it's, looks sick. Yeah, so. there's no, yeah. there's no uh, admonishment for that. There's no like you should have known. You know, yes, you should look into it as much as possible. But again, in Annadale, you're often riding with a friend. If you don't know the area, you're yeah. taken on a trail. You don't know. Maybe you see the clothes sign. Maybe you don't. You don't yeah. know because you're trying to stay on your bike. And so there's right. not always that. You know. Yes, I'm going out. I know I'm on an unsanctioned trail and I'm, yeah. you know, being that jerk. For the most part, it, it's not anybody being a jerk. You're just out trying to ride. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Most people don't know that. And and think from the other perspective. I mean, the unsanctioned trails, it's not like there's an official map. If you look at maps of Annadale, you're going to see the sanctioned trails. So if you are out there and you do get hurt and yeah. there are no signs, think about rescue how they get to you you know they're you know unless you're with somebody who knows the ins and outs of those trails you know how are you going to get rescued that it takes a lot longer to get get out there on an unsanctioned trail too yeah exactly guess that yeah there's features that aren't approved or yeah there are two sides and there are two sides to it completely And so understanding those is the the difficult part. I mean, most people don't realize there's a reason why. It takes talking about. For both sides, yeah. Communication. Just like anything else, this is what this room is for. Yeah. It takes talking it out and figuring and just... Understanding. Understanding. You know, just step back and say, yeah, you know... I do understand it. And some people may say, you know what? I do understand it. I know it's an unsanctioned trail. I don't care. I'm going to go ride it anyway. That's your choice. You know, we're, we are not an organization to say do or don't. This is what we recommend. This is why we recommend it. And you know, that's it. We're not enforcers. We leave that to, to enforcement Mm -hmm. agencies. That's what got me super excited when that was said in your interview. I'm pretty sure, uh, at the end of our shoot of our first shoot day, I was like, Mm -hmm. yep. That's fucking cool. Yeah. That's fucking cool. Yeah. They're not cops. You know? This is not a, a place. Because I was super green. I didn't even know what Remba stood for. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm there to, to do my job. My job is to create a safe environment for someone to feel comfortable to talk. Yeah. And yeah. my job is to get the shot based off what my director tells me to do. Yeah. That's what I'm hired for. Whether I agree or disagree or exactly. live by the rules or go against the rules, doesn't matter. Yeah. My job is to do these things. So I'm going to take what I hear in these interviews, in these three, four interviews mm-hmm. that we're going to do here today. One's a cross-country racer. One is a person on a horse. And another one is someone super active in this group mm-hmm. that probably... I didn't know you, but I guess probably does all three of them. Mm-hmm. And I don't ride horses, but <laughs> I, I guess that right. Definitely, I like, maybe yeah. she Definitely does. Afraid. I'm afraid, but yeah. I respect maybe it. Maybe she does. I've never I will met you battle for their point. right to be on a trail yeah. as much as I would any other user. But. Totally. And that was eye opening. I was like, man, this is a cool thing. This is not a law enforcement thing. As nope. a guy that straight up rides illegal shit. Yeah. And has been riding this area for double digit years yeah and as a kid built shitty jumps for me and my friends to go (laughs) off of and take pictures of like i celebrated it you know what i mean it's right i'm not a trail builder but i i i celebrated it yeah and my background in mountain biking is Mm -hmm. downhill first 
And my mount, my background is also art first. Mm-hmm. And so I grew up watching these films of guys building jumps, building trails mm-hmm. in Canada and Pacific Northwest. Yep. And it's the most epic fucking thing that you've ever been, that you ever watched if you like that kind of shit. And that's what we look up to was Pacific Northwest style riding. Yeah. A lot of that is building shit. Yeah. And some of the guys, because it was guys basically only then Mm -hmm. that were showcased in these films, some of the guys built on their own property. They they had a lot of property. They rode moto and, and mountain bikes and probably road bikes too. But they built these jumps. And as you're a kid, you don't think of that, of, oh man, where are they building these jumps? You just know they're building sick jumps. Some were on property. Some of them were kind of the rebels of the whole crew, and they built in national parks and state parks and regional parks. You yeah. don't know the difference when you're a kid ad- admiring yeah. all right. this shit. Right. And they're so, doing it legally. Yeah. You know, they are, and that, that's changing here. You oh, know, for sure. Some, it's a whole different world yeah, now. Way different. Yeah. But, yeah, and even watching some of those old films as a kid, yeah, it's... You don't know this stuff until yeah. I ask questions and invite yeah. you. It's here. changing. Like that that <laughs> conversation and that perception is changing. That's yeah. one of our jobs, you yeah. know. Because that's the stuff that gives the bad the bad rap. Yeah. Watch a watch back in the saddle again. You know, it's it's a mountain bike film, early two th- early to mid to like two thousands, like two thousand five ish maybe. Okay. maybe, maybe a little later than that. Uh, man. Darren Bearclaw, Jeff Golovich, all my idols, right? Oh, it's I've like seen that one. Yeah, it's an amazing film, and it highlights each rider and each trail almost that they're building, and some Red Bull Rampage footage, and it's like, damn, that is fucking cool. I want to do that. After school, you go to Shiloh, and you bring your fucking shovel, and you hide it, and yeah. build this sick fucking jump. Well, what's interesting is that you Don't bring up that. Red Bull Rampage and everything, and the spectrum of mountain biking is so broad. Yeah. You know, that that Red Bull Rampage, when you tell somebody you're a mountain biker, that's what they envision. You know, they don't realize that's that what was shown. That's what's shown. Listen that's to the what name, Red see. Bull Rampage. Yeah, nobody, <laughs> nobody, there, there's no shows or anything about a lot of the mountain bikers who are out there that are you know, people who are looking for flowers, there's, you know, we've hosted bio blitzes in Annadale yeah. where you, you actually go out with mountain bikers, equestrians and hikers and runners, and they have their phones and yeah. you're actually looking through the iNaturalist app and you're, you're taking photos and you're gathering scientific data mm-hmm. for places like it's the, the world. like the Californian, you know, native plant society, all of that. There's, there's such a broad spectrum of riders or people yeah. out there with cameras and, Looking at trees and cruising, and some who like cross some country, some pedals, who want big yes, suspension, exactly low seats, the spectrum, raked out head angles. Yes, it's, it's broad. <laughs> it's crazy, right? That's what the that's opposite. the perception we're trying to change. You know, yeah. it's not just extreme. I mean, I myself, I am not an extreme rider. I don't go do jumps and things like that. I. I ride for my enjoyment. That's it. Everybody does it for their own personal reason. And, yeah. and it's okay. Just ride whatever you want to ride, however you want to ride, and that's fine. Yeah. But going into public meetings, I've personally gone into public meetings where I've sat down and, you know, we're talking about putting in a trail and we're there to support the, the land manager yeah. who's trying to obtain a property or whatever. And, you know, I've been called a hoodlum. I was going to say that. You mentioned stoner. to me like- 
man, you want to hear the names I've been called? And you like yeah. started rattling them off. I was like, what the fuck? Oh, yeah. Fuck? In public meetings where I, I just, at first, the very no first time it ever happened, I was like, do I need to look in a mirror? Did yeah. I like come in here looking a certain way? No, it's just the perception. It doesn't matter. So that part of changing that per- perception is education of of private property owners, land managers, everybody that we're, we're such a broad range, you know, mountain bikers, you know, I've been accused of, you just want to go out there. And if we put a trail, you guys are just going to go out there and light fires. You know, you guys are going to do this. It's, well, no, that's not how that works. You know, you're just smoking weed and drinking beer and lighting fires and causing problems. It's like, might be drinking beer, not causing, you know, not, lighting fires and not smoking weed it's really hard to smoke and ride a bike you know try and go uphill no that, that's not how it works that's just your perception and you know what are you watching that makes you think yeah, mountain where, bikers where did are you see all this lighting fires you know we don't even that's, stop that's and light like fires you know on a trail the lighting fires part is somewhere <laughs> yeah oh yeah, yeah. Was, <laughs> how'd you get there yeah, yeah. oh yeah yeah that's yeah crazy. i've been called all kinds of stuff and and it's not, it's not something you can take personal. I've, I've gone into meetings, you know, with organizations where the first half hour is me having to listen to every infraction of every mountain biker story that they've heard, weren't even a part of, and, you know, had to yeah. sit and listen to that. And my biggest comeback and my biggest thing when people do that is, is one, I wasn't there. I have no comment. I don't even know what you're talking about. So I, I, I can't comment on what happened in a situation I wasn't there. You didn't there. see it. Yeah, I didn't see it, so I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. And two, you're naming off all these things that you're automatically putting me into that category. If you, as whatever user you are or whatever, were held accountable for the worst thing that your user group ever did, someone in your user group, and that was the accountability you had to carry, do you think that's fair? No, I don't. Why do I have to? Why do we as mountain bikers have to? Because yeah. every situation we go into, we're held accountable for that. Yeah, just because there's one asshole. Yeah. If yeah. there's if there's an infraction on a trail, if there's a bad encounter, whether it's perceived or an actual encounter on whatever party was right or wrong, it doesn't matter. Guess who has to fix the situation? Guess who has to come in and create that educational response? We're happy to do it but it always falls on the mountain biker. And mm-hmm. so we're the group that has to go and do that. Not just us, it's groups across the nation, across the state. We have to do that. We have to change that perception. Yeah. So sad. Yeah. That's not necessarily sad, I don't think. It's it's necessary. It's, it's necessary. There's shit to do. There's just always shit to yeah. do. There's work to do. There's ways to be better. And that's this is it's, a major avenue to expose ways to be better. Yeah. It, it's just, I, I think... A lot of it might come from animosity of road bicyclists where people were there in the way. And so now people get off the road and they go, oh, I'm going to go out here. And now there's more bicycles. With cycling, Mm -hmm. cycling. Yeah. (laughs) It's not like road biking, mountain biking. It's the same thing. I I think that's where. road biking, it's like drivers versus road bikers. Well, Again, the imagination, right? The yeah. imaginary battle. Again, you're, there's that, battle. that category of yeah. cyclist or user group. Again, you have that. 
Okay, so say you're out on Pine Flat Road or something. You have three or four cyclists across the road who aren't getting out of your way when you're trying to drive. Now, suddenly, you have a bad taste in your mouth for road cyclists. Those three around it. Yeah, those. And they have now, because of that, whether it was intentional or not, it doesn't matter. There's this perceived issue. There's a social issue that's happening. And now there's this perception that all road cyclists are like that because now maybe I'm trying to get up to my injured. Maybe I'm trying to. Nice. Dudes are always saying that. I was watching the levels. (laughs) Closer, (laughs) deeper. (laughs) Back to serious conversation. Nice. Now we got it. Now we have the levels back. Now our levels are back. Is that what you're always looking at? Yeah. Is there shit going up and down and. Yeah, it's like a heartbeat. Oh, okay, that's kind of cool. It's the heartbeat of the show. The heartbeat of the show. <laughs> Pay attention, I'm these, just making sure we're recording. These damn things. Because um, this shit, technology <laughs> fucks up a lot. It does? So, <laughs> yeah, it's made by people. I thought... <laughs> people fuck up. I thought my phone was the technology fucking up trying to get here because I probably did like 50 U-turns getting here. Oh, shit. But it ended up just being me because when my phone was like, turn now, I was like, that doesn't look like a road. So I kept going, but realized like, oh, uh, that is actually a road. There's just no road mm-hmm. sign. But so, yeah, I was the computer. I'm just gonna blame it on technology, even though I was the idiot. It That's started. fine. <laughs> it's emotionalist. It's not gonna get. Good thing I can turn my truck one hand. Yeah. And <laughs> now we're coming up on two and a half hours. No way. Yeah. Okay. Um, so am I supposed to wrap it up? No, no. I'm just saying what time <laughs> it is. But before we do forget, I just like to say I think it's fucking cool. Uh, the approach of how Remba is there's a few facets of what you guys do advocating educating and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there is another one excavating excavating yeah, yeah excavating yeah um, but the the educating slash not enforcing is cool yeah. and I think that by nature educating and not enforcing works better than enforcing. I agree. So I think it's a pretty cool approach. Um, yeah. Talk to people it. as if you would talk to your grandfather. Yeah. 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 As if you would correct your grandfather. Yeah. How would you correct your grandfather? Or educate yeah. your grandfather. You or Yeah, it's not even about correction yeah, because correcting, correction right is, a, is yeah. about, you know, when you have a toddler who's doing yeah. something, okay, I need to correct you so that you're doing that this word. right. Just but, that's yeah. the problem. I right don't even think that's a good it. analogy. Let them go until they get hurt. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead and stick that fork in the socket. Yep. It's fine. You'll learn. That. You'll learn your lesson. Yeah. <laughs> Touch the hot barbecue. It's yeah. fine. Because I live those in my own little bubble. Those red are like super, aw, as a kid, I'd be like, I want to touch those. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, I was smart. And <laughs> yeah, I live in my own little bubble up there. You know, it's when I'm on the mountain. Usually, I'm riding alone, maybe one or two other riders, rarely a group. Yeah. Um, so, it's eye-opening to hear what the bigger problems are beyond my bubble. Yeah. And it, it takes, so you know, just so you understand, mm-hmm. I mean, we have 13 seats on our board. You know, we're across three counties. We have 13 personalities, um, which all are enthusiastic about, you know, changing the perception of mountain biking to advocate for more mountain bike access and enthusiastic about getting more trails, like, you know, new trails. And so that's awesome. So it takes a team of dedicated people who are all volunteering their time and stepping up to the plate to make it happen. It's not easy. It's a huge balance. And so if you know, you know, anyone, especially on Remba board or, or anyone who's working with a nonprofit, it is not easy going. It's not, 
you know, anything more than it's just rewarding to see something that you love and you're passionate about you know, it. unfold before your eyes and change. And, yeah. and you're a part of that. And yeah. we could tell how passionate you are about this. It's, oh. it's pretty apparent. <laughs> Does it come across? Yeah, yeah. In the first five minutes yes. of meeting, I was all, man. Yeah, this is what you're <laughs> this about. Be, this is what you want. I would learn from her. Oh, I would good. be Thank introduced you. to things I don't know about, problems I'm unaware of yeah. from if I talked to her and invited her to the yeah. studio. There are a ton of things that other people can do. You don't have to necessarily dedicate your time to sitting on a board. Um, you know, if you're talented, be a solution. That's yeah, enough. You can. You can. You can donate. You can yeah. write a check. You can become members of you know organizations. Become a member of Remba. Become a member of any organization that's advocating for anything you're passionate about. Mm-hmm. Volunteer your services. You know, we have not just you know an all volunteer board or, or people who are putting in their own time. But we're also taking the time on, you know, to maybe put together graphics or do administrative things or a wide range of stuff that we'll just say, okay, well, I have time to do this and it's not necessarily what I do, but I'm going to take the time to just figure out how I can maybe knock something out. Yeah. If you're like, hey, I can help you with that. I believe in your mission. I can donate, you know three hours, four hours, five, five hours over the course of a month and, and help you guys out with it. That's huge. That's a huge, huge benefit, you know, time volunteering, not just out volunteering on trails, not just out any of that, you know, help say, Hey, you know what? I know how to use Excel. Can I help you track your volunteer hours? Can I help you do member fulfillment? In a way, this is me volunteering. After I worked on the video, I was like, man, this is cool. Yeah, it's I'd awesome. I like to learn more. This, like so, helping get the word out yeah. or understanding. It seemed like, legit. And yeah. I was like, okay. Understand what's involved. Like there's so yeah. much out there and there's so, I mean, I, we could go on for yeah. hours and go Seriously. in depth into everything that's that, that we do. And not just with Rembo, with all the organizations, get involved with multiple organizations that are all about what you're passionate about. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. Certainly. Yeah. yeah. Loved it. How do you feel? I feel great. I feel learned. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I feel learned. I feel learned. Yeah. At least you don't feel yeah. unlearned. If you felt Definitely that, I'd not. probably go cry yeah, in the bathroom. And, and most excited because you are the first woman on our podcast. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's that's a big leap. That's a, do that's I, a big milestone. I'm I'm excited to say that. Do actually. I get a yeah. sticker? That's, a, that's awesome. Uh, I have a sticker for you. It's right on your beer. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, the so label. we're putting labels here. You should rip oh, that thing off yes. and slap it on there. Oh, is that before, what we sometime do? Sometime before you leave or right now? I want to do that, but not on camera. Okay, ready. I got you. Yeah, um, it is pretty loud, so yeah, maybe we should. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of an annoying sound. We at least get whiskey or something. In what ways? When the camera's off. <laughs> Would you like on some some now? When yeah. the camera's off. Sure. In what yeah. ways? Because then I might really drop into the ghetto. <laughs> yeah. Then people will be like, I'm not going to listen to her. What the hell is she talking about? She's talking about dicks and she probably brings poopery with her everywhere. I Jesus do, by the Christ. way. Don't leave home without it. Yes. <laughs> I was actually thinking about that, that, about my downstairs bathroom, the community bathroom. Great stuff. Oh, bitch. That's Gotta spray before you go? Yeah. It's amazing. I know. It is amazing. I literally got that as a. It smells like pulpery in your bowl. Before you go. Like, not after, so it's not a mixture. Yeah. It's just like poopery. And then if you're really lucky because you drop one that is just the right size, it'll splash back up at you. And then then you can. Yeah, and then you can leave with a fresh 
fresh Ooh, scent. It lingers. I, yeah. <laughs> the only questionable time, which was barely where I was like, did this not work, is a long night of drinking beer and whiskey. Then I was like, the next day I was like, I don't know if this really, maybe it kind of worked, but that's questionable. It's because your own breath was so pungent, you could smell your own alcohol, oh. that yes. it was, it, you couldn't smell what was down there. Yes. I mean, that's kind of a good, good problem maybe to Maybe it was have. the jalapenos with it. Yeah. No, that was the burning part. That wasn't, no <laughs> Come on, ice cream. Horrible. Yeah. Come on, ice cream. All right, we should shut it down yeah, there. All right. What you way, what, do you, what does Remba need right now? How how can this how can, how, how, can, how can you leverage this to um, Remba's success? Funding, Funding. Um, time. If if you have time, you know, reach out to us and help us out. How do they reach out to you? Um, you email through our website. You can go to um, Remba.com. Mountainbikealliance.org. Mountainbikealliance.org. Follow what we're doing on Facebook. If you have social media skills. We really need somebody to come and help us out with that. We're, There's a job for you, someone. If yeah, we we are we are looking to um, you know funding and, and all of that is helping to build you know our vision for what our organization is going to look like, which is employment. Our, our you know our biggest aspect of that is trail building. Um, we need administrative help for that. Um, so yeah, everything. If you want to just dabble in and say, "Hey, that that looks interesting. I want to help out." Like, reach out. You yeah. know that we we need the help. We need the help beyond just funding. We need we need people. We need bodies who cool. who believe in what we're doing and and understand we're across you know three organizations. We we want to make a big change. Yeah. Sweet. What's the best avenue? What are you most active on? Is it emails? Or is it Instagram? Is it Facebook? Facebook and Facebook. Instagram are okay. are what we're most active as much as we possibly can. Cool. We, we need to be more within active. your bandwidth. Yeah. Is what I'm asking. Yeah, yeah. Okay. absolutely. That and email, you can email me directly. I always re I reply myself. Okay. Um, so Deb at mountainbikealliance.org. One more time. Cause I talked over you. Deb at mountainbikealliance.org. Yeah. Nice. Reach I list all the stuff in the um, description of the video. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I respond um, as much as I possibly can. If I'm out in the field, I can't, or if I'm, you know, on deadlines for work or, cool. you know, whatever. You'll get back to them. Yeah. Usually, you know, within a couple of days, if, if not within 24 hours. So excellent. I try and get up really early to do emails. So good. Don't we all? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Get it done. All right, awesome. y'all. Do we get a clap now? Yeah. Go ahead and uh, clap. Or are we going to clap clap? Just <laughs> one clap. Oh. Boom. Boop. Perfect. That's it. All right. <laughs> Thank you. Sign it off. Sign it off. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs>